the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benham. And I'm JP. And it's been a while, JP. Lots to, uh, to catch up on, mate. Been, uh, been, been a little while. I don't know where you would have started. Queen's Funeral. Tony Khan having a go oh. with Robert on Twitter, trying to get those two lads to, uh, to settle their grudges. Kevin Ash shot on CM Punk this week. Bobby Fish changed the game by going to Impact Wrestling. Yeah, lots uh, <laughs> that weird. CMLL had a big final. show that we're the two of the only people who do podcasts who haven't watched <laughs> in some way. That weird pizza so. bloke who uh, turned up on Dynamite the other week apparently is a uh, COVID denier. You know, there's lots of uh, lots of <laughs> there's lots of happen while we've uh, we've been away, mate. How have you been? Uh, busy, absolutely busy. I think for both of us, as you can guess, it's it's been a kind of combination of absolutely like crazy, hectic personal life stuff. Mm. Also, at the same time. A kind of weird lull in wrestling outside yeah. of AEW. We're talking about this on the pre-show where we're all pumped out now. I think that's what it is. Mate, that story. We are all let that try. <laughs> we've we've all had a lot of gossip as well. Mm. We've my God, we are as guilty as anyone, if not mm. more, of uh, of going all in on the CM Punk stuff. Which, if you haven't listened to the Patreon show we did on the CM Punk Best in the World DVD, where um, it was said that. Towards the end, we're all kind of slightly heartbroken. We realise what a cunt he is. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's entirely wrong, really. Where's the realisation of, yeah, you don't ever really want to know your fucking heroes at all. Don't. I always knew. So, that's the thing. I always knew. <laughs> it's like, it's not, mm. it's not breaking news. Like, I think for me, although it like, maybe the extent of it and watch it, like watching that again and doing that podcast, it did feel like we delved deeper into like the psychology of them. Like, like it was just it was alarming like the amount of talking heads in that documentary who he doesn't speak to anymore including Cole Cabana and then the people yeah. being in there who are on there or like you know moments where he's like you know I don't talk to my brother anymore he stole all that money from me he's dead to me type of thing and he's like he's not like my real brothers which are insert name from band and insert yeah. other name from band and I was saying if you've got to you got to explain like who someone is yeah my, my friend Lars from and then say the name of the band I don't know if that's really really your friend you know like I don't know if that counts I think that's that's just you know celebrities kind of backslapping each other more than anything I don't think that makes him uh, like a true friend would would Toby from HBO be HBO H2O H2O would, would he really be your best friend if you were just some bloke called Phil from Chicago would he is he your real brother I'm not sure on that mm. yeah that a good old uh, psychological uh, assessment of old Phil you just listen to it and, uh, and do some self-reflection I reckon yeah, that won't happen like, <laughs> you know in terms of the self-reflection there's no way in hell he's self-reflecting on his the way he's uh, he interacts with other human beings uh, mm. I still until shown photographic evidence of this um, fucking backyard show drawing a thousand people and uh, still, a few clips. This thing, some some evidence there to back it up, mate. Don't know if you're doing ten thousand houses or, or in dollars or or people. You know, maybe, 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 maybe. You know, three figures. Why weren't the mob involved then? <laughs> like, without trying to sound funny about it, it sounds like that's a bit of a racket to just leave to a group of kids. <laughs> Ultimately, if they're like kind of clearing five figures every mm. time they're doing this, like, I think it's a of, bit of exaggeration uh, there. I think a little bit. It, it is. It's just me being an arse trying to pick up something there uh, about necessarily. No, but that was that was loads of great fun. But like you say, it kind of it dominated the conversation in so many ways. It kind of took over. And then in terms of other wrestling, like, you know, spoiler alert, we haven't watched Victory Road. I wasn't even aware it was on till last night. It's a Saturday night grapple, baby. Like all the fucking timetables are thrown out the window here, aren't they? 
I know it's been a weird, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird time to be doing. Maybe we could do like a uh, a breakdown of the Queen's funeral for Monday. Maybe we could, uh, could do that. Did you watch that? Well, Did you watch it in the end? Um, I did put it on at one point. I was um, forced to. I was bed bound. I won't mention it too much on here, but yeah, I had a, I had a bit of an accident on a scooter. I'm fine. It's uh, <laughs> I've survived, but uh, I was getting yeah. kind of uh, couldn't move for the stitches for a couple of days, so I was kind of uh, forced to watch that. Uh, <laughs> although there was fucking nothing else to watch at that time, so you know. She got event. the revenge, didn't she, for the for the FPL podcast, didn't she? <laughs> Shop, day, close it all it. over. Shop. Greg's being closed was the fucking killer, mate. That's all I wanted that morning on that Monday morning when I was oh. uh, laid up. Tesco's though, mm. like the Tesco Express, we drove past it like five o'clock. I went to the laundrette on the mm. day of the Queen's funeral because I had loads of washing to do. So it kind of worked out perfectly because they were open. Mm. Like there was no, the laundrettes didn't give a shit. But, you know, as, as with a lot of cash only businesses, they don't really give a shit for a reason. <laughs> um, a bit like Punk's Backyard promotion in mm. a way. Um, but anyway, the, yeah, so. I like, did I see there were like little bits and stuff it were on? I was just like, by the end, just generally relieved that the whole fucking thing was over because it just seemed to be never ending kind I, of parade of it. Because I like it without dragons, sadly, because at least House of the Dragon or <laughs> Game of Thrones has a few dragons into the mix. We're not getting that kind of stuff, are we? Uh, no, that's the thing. It's uh, it was all very, like, it was very pageantry, you know. It was a uh, very, uh, they didn't quite do the. If we're gonna talk the numbers, didn't do the numbers. Diana's funeral did, you know. Demos weren't uh, uh, weren't quite there for old Queenie. But that was no. the eighteen to forty nine. <laughs> uh, one of the old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that was the generational gap though there was like again like i say i i had um i, I couldn't do much on monday morning because I, I hurt me hurt myself and i uh, got a few stitches and couldn't really walk around so like all i wanted i'm not even like exaggerating all i wanted on monday morning jp was a greg sausage roll or something like that they were closed um mcdonald's was opening at 5 p.m jp what's that about like yeah. we're gonna grieve until 5 p.m and then we're gonna open yeah. Like the, in the end, we had we we ended up getting uh, burritos uh, delivered from Tortilla at about twelve p.m. on Monday. Uh, on so they might as well piss in her grave if that's their attitude. They were not. Awesome. They were they were open open enough journey. Um, it just it was like the peak of like just this broken Britain we've been living in these these last couple of weeks. This weird kind of yeah normal island that uh, that we've been yeah. uh, we've been living in finally ending. We all got a day off work though, so I'll take that. Were you off as well? I was off, but like ultimately, because effectively, as you know, like I've kind of got like three jobs on the go at the moment. We were this like one. dealing with one of those. This, to go to. this is this is this is the fun one. Like, <laughs> there's one of them I like better than the other one, and the one that I like the least is the one I should weirdly care about the most. But that's the way life works out, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is often like that. And you go, I'd love to have more time to do this. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's it. I, I mean, I saw a bit of it on BBC. I'm trying to think what else we watched. I might have just watched a, a fuckload of Better Call Saul because now we're like up to season six, episode three. It's what she would have wanted. Mm. Like, if I could just throw that out there as well. Um, but yeah, that's that was pretty much. I'm just glad that it appears we've just gone back to um, an enormous cost of living and uh, and all manner of sort of wacky economic stuff like uh, bankers getting. Uh, getting uh, the caps taken off their bonuses. Sorry, I brought it very political here on a Saturday night. I'm very annoyed <laughs> about it. Very fucking uh, annoyed. Yeah. It's, it's, this country's gone to the dogs, mate, as we've said. Mm. 
probably leads into the, an intriguing conversation about the state of British wrestling. Was what, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, the run down there. The other thing I did while well, we were gone, I did go to uh, to go to GCW slash TNT. Mm-hmm. Sampled myself from some Brit Res, as Liam said in the pre-show. That's all that happened, really. I went to two Brit Res shows and uh, didn't know myself, and I've been uh, been bed bound since trying to uh, trying to recover. You might have seen my uh, my very positive uh, review of uh, of Brit Res show, which is the, the only way you do it, by the way, JP, when you're writing uh, reviews of uh, of Brit Res and uh, in Power Driving newsletter of uh, Neil Docking of, uh, of Mirror Group fame. It's a, it's a yeah. if you want to read it. I think I'm really sad you couldn't come down, mate. Like it was uh, everyone, like like uh, Liam in the chat obviously was there, Alden's um, with uh, Ben Britt Resaway days who I, I reckon at least, I'm probably not even an exaggeration, six or seven different times in my life people have come up to me and gone, big fan of your tweets, really enjoy those threads you do about Brit Res history. I'm like, yeah, I'm Ben O, that's Ben. Brit Res, that's hack guy. That's not me. It actually, happened to me at the weekend again. Um, but like, a lot of people uh, made the uh, made the trip, mate. It was a uh, yeah, it was a it was a good weekend. Gareth didn't have such a good time. Gareth came. He uh, he dropped off me um, me fancy uh, grapple jacket that I've got here somewhere as well. I finally, uh, oh, they're lush. Uh, finally got me copy of it. JP brought uh, brought one out for me. I got somehow JP. And how does this work? I got one, and Matty got two. Um, <laughs> Of course he did. He's Matty. He Gareth, always Gareth had a spare like double, double XL like, that, that is way too big for Matty. Like especially these days, he's uh, so I saw him at, uh, on wow. Friday and he was looking at uh, particularly uh, healthy. Saves him putting the heating on when he sat on the sofa. Come on, <laughs> that, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> but yeah, Gareth was uh, was very good in there. Draft. That was the first time I've seen Gareth in the flesh for a while. It was weird. It was like so many people, like you know, let's like, say the Ogdens, even Liam Gareth. Like just seeing them, in, even Matty, like seeing them in three D. You know, it was just like, oh, yeah, we're not, we're not just talking to each other through a uh, a computer screen uh, for the first time. But uh, yeah, Gareth had a fucking. I, I would have loved. I know Gareth did uh, did last week, so we couldn't uh, probably couldn't force him to come on again. But like. Gareth had a fucking bitch all time. It was great. That's the rugby league grand final at time of recording as well. I thought oh, we'd be fuck. definitely watching that. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you imagine as good a time as I had watching the stars of GCW in Liverpool, Gareth had the opposite <laughs> to the point where I wasn't even going to go to the GCW versus TNT show on the um, Saturday night, but Gareth had the ticket and just decided he wasn't going to bother. And it was like, all right, then fine, I'll take it. <laughs> and I went and I had a fucking great time. I enjoyed both of the shows that I saw. I thought it was great, but Gareth was just, he'd had a, he'd had a few beers. I will say as well, but like he was just kind of stumbling around like a lost puppy, just like this is terrible. I don't like wrestling. I don't think I like wrestling anymore. <laughs> like that's how much Gareth hated the GCW wrestlers, and it wasn't even the deathmatch stuff. It was like you know you Jordan Oliver's and people like that doing the doing their style and people going crazy for it. And he was just like the uh, the tough old man at the back. JP, you might to be honest with the deathmatches. If you were there, you probably would have joined them. I, I well, I did the last time I went to TNT with you, and it was like Ricky Shane Page mm. and whatever, and it was just like, no, I'm out, and just stood outside. But I don't know that wasn't that wasn't the Hangar, was it? Where we watched that show? Hangar, it was, was it yeah. same one? Because mm, the thing, so I tried to have a watch of some of this show on the because um, it was GCW <laughs> versus TNT the next night. Just curious, more to see where you guys were, but right. I couldn't see you, which is the thing that I remembered that mm. even though. I was sad to go. I was going to go, and my girlfriend was going to go. Now, she's not very tall. She's mm. like five foot four. She wouldn't have seen a fucking thing. Mm. Like, you wouldn't have seen a thing at all with with it. And I I think it's merciful, but you don't hear the commentators as well. Um, oh, that made it a lot, but I did lot what, better. I heard the British commentators were just as bad as the, uh, the American oh, equivalents. Oh, okay. Because um, I was just basically 
trying to scroll through it to see where if I could see you lads at all. Basically, that was the, that was like the main intrigue for me is is wanting to see where you all were and if there was like a, a moment where they went right through the crowd or whatnot. But I haven't got to that bit. But I didn't know if it was like end my lifelong fandom of wrestling kind of level of bad. Like I don't know if it would have reached that level. You've definitely got. It didn't help, Gareth. You've got to be a level of pissed. I think. Yeah, watching them yeah. hold home on fight TV as cool as it is that that was happening, and they were broadcast from from Liverpool, and people watching them worldwide. Yeah. And yeah, it's a couple of names there. It was kind of cool that people would have seen. Like, I think you need to be there and wasted in the build, mate. You need to be a uh, drink. They had the um, the top rope beer on. Oh, which one was it? The uh, the Brian Pillman one, loose cannon. I think it's called. That was on the uh, oh yeah, Cold Stone uh, Cream Austin was there. Uh, was a few pints of those. That's uh, nice. Flying. Yeah. The only thing, I, to be honest, of the night the thing i remember is it being like at least 11 pints deep which is like unheard of for me these days and like those right. those that were going to pot world and matthew was like oh, i'm only gonna go for one and i'm gonna get off and i was like well if you're only going for one i'll just go for zero and go home like I think that, that's a better plan like than pot world for one i'll leave it there it was one of the when has it ever ended up good in pop world tell me never in my life no when does ending up in Pop World end up in like that was a really great night out and we went to Pop, we went to Pop World and it was phenomenal. Like, we could tell all these great stories now. Well, we saw the Blackpool Pop World with our fucking eyes, mate, and that was like in and of itself an experience, much like all of Blackpool, I have to say. On, on it. But um, you're still scared yeah. from that. Did all the wrestlers end up there, like kind of Nigel McGuinness style or the cra- crazy house? Was it? I think they were. They were. They were I think uh, Effie had been taking uh, the whole roster to so like uh, one of the gay clubs. I think it was Superstar Boudoir in Liverpool. But uh, I know they were. Uh, I think they were loving it. I think jo- on one of the nights out, I think Joey Janela discovered like the British love for Come On Eileen. And like you used it as his entrance to be using it as entrance music on the last night. I've, I put a video on Twitter. I've never heard a louder crowd. Like that was just like if you're gonna suck up to a British crowd and use a song, yeah. like I think even he was shocked. Uh, the, it was just fucking. It was weird the idea of them being over here. Like if Nick Gage was over, that would have made like would have made my year. Yeah. But even just you know like fucking Tony Deppard and Joey Janela and that just like in town and like sampling the shit pizza house we've got in Liverpool and like I think they were reviewing the spicy nuggets they've got at McDonald's and doing that typical American thing where they hate all the uh, all the British food and have the terrible time with it it's just fucking are they wrong ultimately given the choice and stuff and the Mm. kind of levels of food Mm. um like you get, I mean, an American McDonald's is just like to say it was like a wildly excessive place is a is a fucking slight understatement and a half, isn't it? But it's. I was trying to think, do they have similar to the Ring of Honor lads when they were over on the uh, on the Benno bus? Do they have like <laughs> like that kind of a le- of a level of night out in Liverpool? Well, they got treated to a services breakfast, so they've done better than the uh, the Briscoes did. Uh, I think they, uh, they did. Me, lads. That didn't. Uh... <laughs> what were they made of that? Uh, I think it was used. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they made much of it, mate. They weren't impressed. Yeah, we should have stuck them to the chippy. Yeah, there you go. I should have uh, stuck them yeah. to the and then got them, uh, got them on a night out. But no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't see them in the wild. But like the, the shows themselves, honestly, I had a, I had a good time. I'm, I'm gone out like I, mm-hmm. as much as like I, I think I was the GCW booster like two years ago. It's been a while. Like I'm, I acknowledge their shows are, uh, are not particularly uh, the best, are they? And they never were. It was like they had a buzz. And it was kind of like a cool underground thing, and Nick Gage's and meme happened, and you know they were doing the fun Janela shows yeah. and all that stuff. I think they they very much probably passed the sell by date at, 
at this point. I think that uh, that Manhattan Center show killed it, didn't it? It was like it was obvious. Okay, no, it was like it was like someone turned the lights on. It was like, oh, that's what GCW is. It's actually really crap. <laughs> I don't think they've ever recovered from it. I think that was like it was their peak, and they'll never reach it again. Like it's cool. We came over to Liverpool and did like some UK shows. Don't get me wrong. There's members of the roster that I really like who I, I was happy to see live. But yeah, I think that was it, mate. That was the end. Yeah, it, it feels like if at a different point in time, they're running bigger places, they're doing like a mini tour and everything else, but there just isn't that kind of level of talent for them to come up with where you think, oh, these, you're not going to end up with a British Strong Style versus a Mega and Buck Style scenario out of it. So there's like a kind of, there's there's a limit to it to a degree. Um I think we're going to get used to like individual wrestlers coming over for tours and stuff like that because they'll, they'll help with some of them, but a GCW really that much of a draw. I mean, I saw the crowd that there were passionate enough, but it's a very limited. Mm. I, I, I kind of think that well, I thought the whole way through, they do a bigger room than hangar, which like really isn't that big a room. Like I thought they'd end up in like, uh, you know, one of the bigger venues in Liverpool or they'd end, they'd end up just somewhere that like, yeah, they kind of not that olympia place well, that's probably a bit too big really that's probably a bit too big there are like bigger rooms the camp and fairness is another one that the tnt sometimes run that was it was almost too much space for, for them but like for gcw you would have thought more yeah it was uh, they didn't sell out any of the nights that shot me and like if you saw the vod like oh. not big rooms like 250 maybe to 300 300 yeah. feels like a push I mean, it'd be the same attendance as you saw when we were in with hangar those times i don't know the exact number but yeah that that's a I, I think they probably, if they came back, because the cards were really good, you know, and or at least for if that's what you're after, they were good. Um, you know, I think if they came back, or maybe off the reputation of it and pushed it a bit more. Maybe if they had, like, I think that, that's the thing, no Nick Gage, no Moxley, obviously, yeah. because of, like, AEW and stuff. I think that's the thing. Once you once you actually see what's left on that GCW roster, you're a bit like, oh, right. <laughs> it's a bit, uh, it starts to look a, bit, a little bit dry, some of the... Uh, the cards on paper didn't look the best, but yeah, I've got, got to say from what I saw, I, I very much enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed the, the 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 proper GCW show. Like that wasn't that was enjoyable as far as the night goes. Like I got to eat a little bit of crow, I will say. Like my Cardona and um and uh, and Mad Kurt. Mad Kurt was actually all right. You know, <laughs> it was. I know. Like I imagine if you watched it on the VOD, it'd be fucking crap, and it probably was fucking crap. But I think. As far as, like, you know, one of those, like, shenanigans-filled daft matches, like the internet champion versus, like, the internet troll type of thing, and slowly building it to the point where I think they did, like, a thing at the start where it was, like, you know, the NWO finger point, finger poker doom, and then Mad Cat actually kicked out and started to actually try and fight back and became, like, a babyface and stuff. It worked, like, in the room, I've got to say. Like, I ended up, like, uh, actually enjoying that um, and enjoying some of the... Uh, the other stuff that I thought I'd hate. Um, I'm still not going to stretch that as far as Kings of the North. That was still uh, a rotten, <laughs> rotten match to, to book on the uh, on the third night. But no, I really, I, I really like that. I, I thought um, I won't go through it too much because obviously it's been a been a. I was going to say now. Cardona seemed to give Curtis Chapman a lot, mm. like in there as well. Like it was like a proper match mm. and stuff like that. Like and it felt that's the that's one of the few things that I saw like kind of more than a few you know, just skipping through as much as anything. It looked like it was a really fun match live. I can imagine it getting over. Cardona's a good act live, isn't he? Like, as far yeah. as for this, you wouldn't have imagined that he'd be the one 
who'd like find himself in this position where it would work so perfectly. I'm in a GCW where he's yeah. the ex-WWE star and he's, you know, it's a lot of cheap heat and a lot of fingers at the crowd and a lot of uh, charging for photos and stuff, which I'm sure we're going to get into. But like, Jesus he's just, Christ, it works, it does. It, like as, as a live act, like he, it's a, you know, a, He's probably watched a lot of Steve Carino and ECW, you know, that kind of like shit house seal that the uh, the hardcore fans hate. Like yeah, over the night, so he clearly was like three times as three times as big as everyone there and like three times he felt like three times the uh, the star as everyone there. Carl called him the uh, American Nathan Cruz. I give him more credit than that, but yeah, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was cool. It was fun seeing Nick Wayne live. He was injured for the uh, the second night, but I wouldn't have really wanted to see him against the him Kings of the North, so I can live with that. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was good to see him live. Jordan Oliver, our our, uh, our uh, WrestleMania weekend favorite, um, got to see a lot of him uh, over the weekend. JP, you might have uh, you might have done a Gareth at that point if you had to sit through that. But yeah, is he is he better? Has he gotten any better, Jordan um, Oliver? Yeah, I Has would he... say. Yeah, I think he's tightened yeah. up. I do like I I I don't mind him. He is a young bloke, isn't he? Yeah. Like, Young Dumb and Broke, yeah. Um, he's, yeah, he, he's harmless. He's one of those, it's like, he's the type of wrestler, and I think there's a lot of, GCW got a lot of guys like this, where people go, oh, why aren't they in AEW? I said, well, not everyone needs to be, like, not everyone, like, people are just indie guys. Some wrestlers are just indie guys, yeah. for better or worse. And, you know, it is what it is, so, I, no, he, that, that's kind of his level, but... Yeah, I think highlights-wise, like, I, I enjoyed this stuff over the weekend. Robbie X and, um... And Blake Christian did that have a genuinely mm. I was quite sober on the third night, so I'll back this up. And it was a very good match that would translate well on tape. Robbie X is someone who's like, there's not many people in Brit Res I give the uh, the nod to yeah. as like hidden gems or people who like, you know, are clearly head and shoulders above everyone else. But I really thought he was like it was like he knew the the fight TV cameras were on, he knew the type of show it was, and he just went for it and like he looked yeah. incredible um, in that match with Blake Christian. So he- that was very good. Enjoyed that. I'm really happy for that, for Robbie X, because he is one of those guys who you like it because he's he kind of plugged away and when he, he you know has never had that kind of cool image and reputation. But I think there's just the the credibility he adds to cards. Cause I think but Ricky Knight Jr. in Rev Pro wouldn't have be in the position he is if it wasn't for that like yeah, that sort of mini feud with Robbie X when he mm. first came in and they had some good matches and it stood out of that's a lot of other stuff on the cards. And you think that's the way to go. So like I'm um, yeah. Good on him. That was good, and like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not going to give fake fake praise to uh, to British wrestlers just because they're there. I think there's you know, there's a lot of. I still think there's a, a long way to go with like a, a Dan Maloney or like you know a man like Doris that people are really into. I think there's a real um, ceiling on that gimmick as as promising you know as he potentially is maybe one day down mm. the line, not now, but at some point. But I did think Leon, Leon Slater looked really good over the weekend, like considering yeah. he's like. He's seventy. Like he's someone like I hope he'll get some like American, more American tours and stuff, and more like experience doing stuff like that because he he could absolutely you know keep up with your Blake Christians and your Tony Deppens of the world. And we did we actually had a quick conversation with Tony Deppen by the way where we uh, put over his his no legs match from a couple of years ago from that uh, oh media week and he was he was made up to talk about it because like uh, Gary and Matty were going tomorrow. It's like it's it was like it was genuine five star match and he was like no one's ever told me that before. Like he was made up like he'd never heard that before. It's like it, Oh, Mate, that was the most that made your weekend like that and the invisible man invisible stand that was the peak of gcw it was uh yeah you know a piece of art that it was uh well but much better than the joey janela version of that match and we did actually say that too uh he didn't know how to take that but uh, i was gonna yeah. say we saw it with like the marco stunt that was really the kind of thing that i don't say they put 
with me with GCW where I sort of like the Marco stuck where he came out of the crowd and it was just mm-hmm. like the novelty of him being so small to get to no legs where you thought, right, this is I, like, this is kind of incredible. If they can pull this off, this is incredible. And it's like someone like him, you realize like the value of him as well. But mm-hmm. now I made up like, cause he's obviously getting like a few more bookings and feels like someone who should be like really at the figurehead of the of indie wrestling i don't know like i mean it doesn't seem to be a place for him in ring of honor aew wwe it's not you know japan and stuff like that either we don't seem to but, like him do the for the new roh right. um but he's so good he's they, so, like he's, he is he's he's a pro's pro, but in a good way like you know, yeah. as much as i use that as a slight he's a wrestler's wrestler is he you know you slot him in he'll give you a you know a good you'll get over whoever he's in with type of thing he's uh what? i do like tony's album so, I mean, I saw, um, obviously, um, Leon Slater at the uh, last Your Call show, and he, like, really looks like something that him and... Um, wasn't him and Mike Bailey, was it? I forget. Was it him and Mike Bailey? I forget, anyway. But he was tremendous, um, and is someone who I'm glad is... is he feels like he is... You don't want to say break the next people to kind of break out because you wonder to what level it is, but he feels like someone who is going to be on a lot more people's radars. And the way that a Luke Jacobs and an Ethan Allen kind of were after a few more, like that kind of level of wrestler that we have at the moment, where there's a group of them who are very talented, very young, there's a long way to go, and they kind of need time to kind of season and, you know, discover the character that they are. Who are they as a as a wrestler? But yeah, yeah, up again, yeah, speedball. Obviously, you know, <laughs> related to that, there's been a lot of like, yeah. you know, this this obviously that that uh, that progress review that uh, that you and did on um, on grapple theory that uh, <laughs> yes, this week like that, that's like you've got to like you've got to be realistic about it too. Like I, this is the problem: the people who like you can't, you just don't think there's any. Everything's roses. Everything's perfect. Yeah, like. They cut the problem when you do that is like I don't believe you when you say people are good. Like let's just be, it doesn't have to be the best thing ever. You don't have yep. to pretend it's as good as it was. Be honest about what it is, and then maybe you know when you put out when you say like a Leon Slater's good for his level, you know yeah. maybe we'll give you some credit and uh, I believe you. Then like it's you know that toxic positivity helps no one. You got to be real because that's the thing. I honest I said this on Twitter. I think the people who kind of are oh, the people who want to pretend like nothing's changed and the level is the same as it's, yeah. as it's always been are also the people, if you do review like that progress review, which, you know, I, it wasn't the best written thing in the world. I'll be, I'll be blunt. Um, you know, and I think the way it was kind of put across could have been better. But like, the points it made were fair enough. And like, you know, I think it's the mm. problem. The same people who, who can't, who won't accept anything's changed also want you to treat it with kid gloves and like, oh, yeah, but the, yeah. the young lads and they're trying really hard. And it's like, well, yeah, they are. And that's the, the reality of the situation. You've got to, you know, look at it like that, that it is obviously worse. It is obviously, you know, in a, in a, in a level where, you know, a Leon Slater being really good for his age doesn't necessarily mean he's a world beater. You know, you get, you get that, you know, people are like, Dan Maloney's yeah. the finished product. He's not. Like, he's just not. I don't think I've ever seen a Dan Maloney match where I wasn't like, eh, it could have been better though, couldn't it? <laughs> you know, I don't think he, I don't think he would like, say that. If he was mm, going to be honest. Like, mm, he wouldn't say that at all. Mm. That's it. It's just, yeah. 
it's this whole no. it's funny it's like it's not even because it, obviously there was the kickoff this weekend because of like the the grap, grapple theory review and it was like they took that review down because the progress promoters got a, got got annoyed that it was negative and the wrestlers got offended it was negative effie can pretend he was mad about other things in the article i don't even think there was much credence to but he was just mad because you know, it said his match was a bit crap. You know, it's just like you can't yeah. do reviews just because it's just just because like wrestlers and promoters get the the, the feelings here. Like, that's sure that's the job. You know, if you're gonna be honest, if everything's good, nothing's good. You know, like you don't have to like you know gonna have to treat things like it's just yeah. I don't I don't understand the the logic behind that. It was just it's typical. Like there are, there are people who just don't want to hear it. Just want. You know, yeah. they, they want to cover their ears from reality and just you know, it's that toxic positivity. Everything's great. Everyone's mm-hmm. great. Oh, we got a, we got all these well-beaten wrestlers. This well-beaten scene. It's like no, but if you if you're reasonable about it and look at look at it in reasonable, you can say, oh, there's bits of hope here. There's people here who are in, you know, bigger positions than they probably should be and should have been. You know, but like that that's kind of to be honest. I think reviewing Brit Res in general is a fool's errand because, like, as Will said and as I've said a few times towards the end of B yes. we can't review this stuff anymore because. You, because if you do review it legitimately, like a progress who's on the WWE network with all of the worldwide kind of eyes that allegedly allegedly brings and all of that stuff, if you treat it equal to you do anything else and you're honest about it, like you're not going to be very nice, are you? You almost like nope. <laughs> it gets to the point where it's like, well, you know, what can you say other than to treat it with kid gloves and you know review these uh, these young kids like there's a uh, you know like like. You've kind of got to grade it on a curve at that point, haven't you? You've, you either say the great or yeah. you're punching down. Like no one's happy either way. It's almost pointless. Although, uh, and the thing is, if you're, it, it's like leagues and everything else, isn't it? You hold like football players who play in the Premier League. You hold to a different set of standards than what you do for non-league clubs and the rest of it. But there's also how much are you paying for the ticket and for the experience, which is the other thing on there as well. I often think you can tell a lot about a like kind of a, like a fan base at times. You know how how good is something in terms of how it responds to bad reviews, and wrestling just doesn't respond Brit at rest all especially well. as we know from experience. Brit rest doesn't, as we know from experience, and it ends up in the situation where, like, at times I feel bad because I've had like a couple of promotions say, like, "Oh, I've heard you talk about like MCW, and you know, we'd like, you know, would you like to watch this?" And I kind of, and I kind of just want to go. It's, it's pointless going down that path because you'll show me something. You'll have developing wrestlers who are trying hard in a small scale, as they should be, because this is where you learn and everything else. But, and it's like. It, it, is it something where I'm going to travel to? Because again, you're talking about all the other ancillary costs with going to a ticket as well, which is the the point when it brings up about, you know, if you're charging like a premium price, if you're charging like 35 quid as your cheapest ticket, you think, what else are you paying for that's like 35 quid? Are you able to go and see West End shows for like kind of 35 quid and whatnot? Like there's a level of like, well, this is what you're expecting for that price, which means you're going to grade it kind of harder. But there's, it's just, it feels like you say, it's a fool's errand. It's just a device for people to have a row because they don't have, you don't have the same opinions as them. And I always find it very odd because the one promotion that we have said, actually, that we go to, um, in, in my case, like Rev Pro, because some a promotion that we've never had like freebies from, we've never asked for them. We don't have any intention of it. And I don't think they have any intention of giving to us. And you know what? I like that. And they want, and we know as well, like, 
the idea is we give an unfiltered version because they're kind of grown up and can take criticism. And the ones who can't, I just think, well, there's no real hope for you. Because if you think like taking the slightest bit of criticism and you might just go, do you know what? It's a fan doing a review for a website, whatever. I don't need to pay any attention to it. But by doing it in that way, and then you encourage like a kind of pylon, which for a world of toxic positivity, they love a pylon as well. So it's just like, and that becomes fucking tedious all over us. And it doesn't do anyone any favors. It doesn't do any of the, um, any of the wrestlers any favors to kind of have this attitude because it's still the kind of thus us and them attitude is, you know, there's, you know, they'll, and and that's why I just don't bother with it. It seems seems like a waste of my time. It's like, they're almost trying to like, it almost feels like a bullying tactic at this point. It's like, you gotta be bullied into pretending this niche local, you know, low level indie is like, you know, I, I think Will said on Twitter, you know, Progress are charging a premium for those shows, and it's almost like yeah, you you got to pretend that, that 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 this that it's you know that it is like this this high level fantastic stuff, you know. Well, what should we base reviews off then? Effort and personality. <laughs> they tried, is that what they should the be based tried on? Tried really hard. <laughs> they tried really hard, and they're really nice guys. Is it any fucking good? Like you know, that's the problem. If I'm paying money, and it's not just literally the price of the ticket, it's the whole kind of day experience, other drinks, travel, hotel, possibly all of this kind of stuff. Like people are making it, you're making a commitment to it. You're kind of duty bound to give them honest reviews for it because if you say to them it's great, they travel all the way there, and it turns out to be shit, you'll be angry. You'd be like, you know, that's like appalling. That's worse than anything else because then those people aren't ever going to come back if a lot of these cards if they were like 15 quid you know maybe 20 quid maximum you'd be like okay it's fine for what it is because i know where it is because if i paid 15 quid to go to a comedy club i'm not expecting to see fucking richard Pryor and his pomp turn out you know it is going to be one of the it's going to be it's going to have a certain level to it i was going to get muted yeah and then yeah and you need to kind of, it, it, it becomes pointless. And this is why. And, and it, you know, if you think about where Britress is and you think about like the kind of outlets that cover them like regularly, the, the vast majority, like what purpose has it served? Overly positive reviews. Everything is awesome. Crowds are down. Like interest generally is down. You know, it, it's down across the board substantially. No, making no bones about it. So none of that stuff has helped. Telling people it's brilliant and then it turning out not to be brilliant is not a tactic that's worked. If you want to get people in the door, yeah. like concentrate on getting better and going, okay, this is something that, a, a, you know, and you don't have to pay attention to reviewers like us. You don't have to, but it's, you know, but why fucking, you know, like, like don't ask for it's- any, like, yeah. It's kind of like it's, it's just, I don't like the trend of like I mean it's only fucking grapple theory you know like <laughs> did anyone know what that was, that was before this week <laughs> like I mean the, you know I, they pretended they took it down because you know it was badly written and hadn't been proofread in, in which my responsibility will take down your entire website based on the other stuff I've seen on that site but anywho yeah. like I don't like this trend where it's like there was literally people in the replies going oh you want a positive review I'll do one for you and it's like that's yeah. not how it works <laughs> like that's just like just and the, like it was like the Louis Dango thing the other week like that fucking idiot like he fucking like he, it was funny that one because like with him 
his overall point was right, but he still managed to be wrong making it. So he was like going, oh, he was mm-hmm. comparing like this upcoming, I think it was a Progress Birmingham card. Like, and it was, to be honest, the first decent looking Progress card yeah. I've seen. So I to be honest, this weekend's one looked all right as well with a lot of the GCW talent on. Somebody there has got an eye for who like the name indie names are right now. You know, see like a Takeshita and people like that coming over. Even Chris Brooks being back over for a tour, that's a get, you know? Like mm. that lineup was actually Aussie Open were on the show and he was like comparing it with like super strong style from 2018 or 2019. I think it was 2019. And because he doesn't know what he's talking about, he was like, oh, see, this is, this is, how, this is how far progress have fallen. And it was like... I mean, you compare any other two cards and you probably would be right, Young Louis, but you're actually comparing their one decent-looking card with a super yeah. strong style weekend, which was like, you know, you don't know this because you know what they're fucking talking about, but, you know, like, their, their big, like, WrestleMania... You're comparing a WrestleMania weekend with a Raw, to put it in language you probably um, understand. You think as NXT UK historian, he would have really... <laughs> Would have been oh, well yeah. aware of what happened to the British. It was like the penny dropped. The formation oh, of NXT UK. It's changed, has it? Oh, right. I get it. It's <laughs> not as good as it used to be. I wonder what cataclysmic event took place. Anyway, <laughs> we'll just move on, shall we? Like, yeah. But, but he was. That's just willful was, ignorance. He was right, but he was wrong in the way he made the argument. You know, there's so many easier ways to make that argument of, uh, you know, how things have uh, fallen. Something. But he got so much, like, pile on that, like, he ended up, like, apologizing or get, get rid of the tweet and, like, getting freebie tickets to a progression going forward. <laughs> like, just, like, because c- c- he defended some people by saying that, like, the, the standard of, uh, of progress is, is lesser than it was in the past. And it was like, I feel like you're learning the wrong lesson here the lesson is probably don't talk when you don't know what you're talking about rather than the lesson that no actually progress is as good as it used to be and everything is uh, all rosy and everything is all fine um that's a fucking comedy of errors that whole situation like as well it's very weird actually just thinking of it i've like we did get tickets was it we did have press passes for that super strong style 16 at Ali Pally. I think it was for me, me and Joe we went to. We didn't meet anyone from Progress at that point in time. Didn't see anyone at all. We just had tickets to go in, basically. Um, but yeah, we like this client journalism stuff is it's been the problem with um uh British wrestling for such a long like for a while as well. And it's gone in because they don't cover things in any it's not journalism, is it? It's just like effectively it's it's PR releases it's puff pieces that don't really mean anything but anyway yeah it, it's it's not going anywhere because it hasn't grown up and some of the promotions I see that are more grown up are the ones that are thinking about things like they're more interested in deals with like equity and stuff like that and actually looking about you know all the various things and now we've got an APPG conference coming up so maybe yeah, we'll we, be uh, right. getting into some of the some of the the proper discussions on that there um Bristow guy or whatever, have you follow him on Twitter? He's been he's eating budget stuff this week. Apparently, it's all fine, JP. Um, we're going to be great. We're going to be grand. It's going to trickle yeah. down that money. It's coming to everyone. Trickle down economics always worked. Always worked. You know, the next time you see someone homeless, what you need to do is you need to go to the most expensive house that's there and put a tenner through their letterbox. <laughs> do that. Because that'll work Economic. its way down to that homeless guy immediately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it... it it's depressing. It's one of these things. It's, it's why I don't end up watching British wrestling because it just feels like it's crap. That's why <laughs> it, it, it's it's not very good. Yeah. And 
there isn't any kind of real discussion about actually why can't we produce something slightly better. And I know there are like sort of like lots of smaller promotions that are, that are doing stuff that probably would be interesting, but they're not on the kind of radar of where, you know, it's not stuff that's going to, it's not going to fit into a rotation when you've got all of like, I know this is a dead week, when you've got wrestling from all around it's the world being produced on a good level as well. And then there's production value stuff, which is why I kind of end up going back to the MCW point. It's why I end up like, watching that but also i'm very detached from that scene i'm not in australia on the other side of the world so it means it's you know if i'm going to say critical things about mcw and i haven't really had to because i think they like other sort of mature people realize that you're grading on a scale i don't expect it to be a like the world beating stuff and neither do they there's a much more sort of realistic um kind of uh attitude to things and in britain we haven't got that yet we're still dealing with lots and lots of kids and people having, they're more interested in a kind of row than actually like kind of fixing problem. And I looked at lots of people who joined in and I thought it's the usual people I would expect to see join in on this type of stuff. And I, for them, I've always thought, yeah, like I say, that toxic positivity, awesome. yeah, everything's awesome. Like, which possibly should be the theme, cho- theme <laughs> tune for today. Everything is awesome. Because everything's awesome in every company around the world, isn't it? <laughs> I'm a GCW reviewer. I was pot toxically positive because I had a really good time. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, for the uh, 200. Well, we need Gareth on here to counter panic. Yeah, count- and he'll tell you why uh, it was shit, and that's fine because he didn't enjoy it. You know, <laughs> as long as you're honest, I think that's the uh, that's the main thing. But I don't know. This just got me, up- <laughs> got me nostalgic for the you know the heady days of uh, 2019 progress. No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, it's, no. uh, <laughs> Yeah, we haven't opened it with a Brit rest discussion in a while, JP. Um, still shit. Is we haven't, have the, we? Uh, is, the, is the overall thing. But hey, I, go for a night out still. I had a good night out at TNT and GCW. So, you know, um, we say it's at least got that. The stuff, I, I'm probably more inclined to like the promotions who are less likely to whinge about shit. That's probably where I am. And you gonna if go to they're the, going to whinge about the Red Pro New Japan show. Well, I'm going to be going. On the first, hmm. so like I'm going to oh, the to really Saturday one because because like, Gareth Gareth has the ticket, so like Gareth's given us a free ticket. He's the money so like pay me and you. Yeah, exactly. so like he, he he can't go, so it's like okay, brilliant. I'll I'll go instead, and obviously there's all sorts of stuff with trains and and the rest of it. But yeah, this um, so like I'll be I'll be going to that. I have time. For, I know it's a weird weekend because we've got the one PW show going on and then what's the other thing? It's Sovereign Pro and the rest of it, which won't be around long. I don't even know why it's I, worth I just want to know if that one PW, those ticket sales are legit. I just want to know if they really I, sell a thousand or whatever it was. Yeah. 2000. That's the real intrigue, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. just like, is this actually real? Is this all going to happen? Because you just, it, it, it's hard to have a lot of faith with that type of stuff. But yeah, I think the way I'm going to go like at the moment is it's almost like by the promotion. If you feel that promotion is a mature promotion that is charging a realistic ticket price for what you're actually being given and being delivered. Cause I would say, you know, in terms of rev pro tickets for what I pay for them, generally I'm getting my money's worth on them. And at the time I went to progress recently where I paid on the doors, me and Davey Portman, I didn't feel I was getting that and getting that experience. 
And if you kind of combine that with Which an incredible win, said about that progress show this week. yeah, <laughs> she wasn't getting his money's fair. There yeah. are points. <laughs> yeah, it is opinion, which is fine. Um, oh, well, people yeah. have different opinions. Like, if you think everyone is supposed to have the opinion, same opinion as you, just I mean, always think about this. You know, then what fucking totalitarian monster are you, where <laughs> everyone has to think the way you do? Yeah. Like, you know, diversity and shit is generally good for the world, and diversity of thought is also included in that. So, we learn that from story. doing this podcast because we get negative reviews. Yeah. Like, I'll read stuff, and like, it does. The times you read, you go, you fucking don't know your talk. Like, people are listening to like yeah. me, you, Gareth and Jamesy last week, and people will come out of that, like, all oh, the grapple lads said that Tony Khan's got nothing to offer book. And it's like, no. You know, one of us said that, and then you know, another one of us disagreed with that. And we had that other conversation about it. We all came from, but it's like Grapple said. Like you get that. You've just got to kind of like, okay, that's fine. They just don't like the podcast. You know, they don't. They don't like yeah. us. They don't enjoy it. They're entitled not to. They're entitled, you know, not to listen. You know, there is going to be negative feedback out there that, that people are going to give. You've just got to kind of, yeah. I think that's the that's the that's the grown up lesson. I don't think Brett has ever learned. It's it always. Is. It's always going to Brit res and it's always going to overact to even the you know the, the littlest bit of uh, of negativity. What can you do? It's never going to change, man. And that's why we don't do a British podcast anymore. That's why we've uh, we moved off on the web. So we uh, we moan about AEW instead now. That's our that's our job now. Well, we do, yeah. Which has its own toxic positivity problem at points. But then I'm, I'm, yeah. I I realize that every promotion has fans like that, regardless yeah. of whatever way, shape, or form, because we'll end up interacting with them at some stage. Our friends over on AEW Mecca. Uh, yeah, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of that. But should we get into AEW? I mean, the, moving on mm. from the Brit Red stuff, there is a. I should say, there's a lot of news to catch up with AEW. There's bits and pieces as we kind of go through the, the Grand Slam um, cards we can kind of pick up on, you know, headlines here and there. There's particularly a, uh, a debut on the uh, on the Rampage show that I definitely want to uh, pick your brains about. Overall, it's been quiet, though, hasn't it? Like on the Punk stuff, like we said earlier, that's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, other than, you know, Kevin Ash uh, shit talking Punk on uh, on his podcast going on. What did he say? He said something like, uh, what did he say? It was like, oh, well, you think you're old? You're fucking 42, Phil. I was uh, yeah. going on about like still. It's like, no, when you were 42, you were finished too. Like, it's like 2003. <laughs> He's fucking ter- Nash was done like five years before that. Like, what's he on about? But he's Nash, and he says it in a way that's entertaining. What are you gonna do? Um, hey, well, it's when he, it's when he, he was he like a, a seventy-five like firebird that's got like a hundred miles on <laughs> on like the fucking tank. It's like I don't think Nash has ever had, had any years hard work. As, you know, as much as we put the boot in on Punk on the documentary, and you know, like I know Gareth was very strong last week on you know the idea of getting rid of him. I'm still holding on to my Punk fanboyism, and I'm hoping there's a way that he's gonna uh, stick around and stay stay in the promotion. Either way, you know, there, there was a lot of discourse on Twitter this week about how it was like it's gonna be one of the, like go down as one of the year worst years of wrestling ever. I'm sorry if Kevin Ash had a year like that, like it'd be like he'd be a, he'd be he'd be a double triple Hall of Famer, whatever he, he is already, you know, from the MJF view to all the matches and stuff. But Nash yeah. is gonna talk shit, you know. I can't say I don't enjoy it. <laughs> It, and it drives traffic. It drives like listeners and the rest of it. It's a, like it, that. It, it's the kind of old. He's what he's doing is no different to what Eric Bischoff, Booker T, Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, all of these various guys who go out there who say a lot of this stuff. That um, a lot of the stuff that they go on about, like it, it kind of feeds into to that level of of kind of discourse. But it is like funny in a sense that we we haven't heard anything in terms of lengths of suspensions. I think the only person, the last thing we heard was like Brandon Cutler is back. But in terms of CM Punk, it's just like radio silence. Um, 
Which is, is that because of the investigation that's going? I mean, I how in depth? Bobby Fish. Would... That's what it is. He's hiding. Well, he doesn't need to worry about him no more, is he? He's in, uh, he's a, he appeared on Victory Road, which <laughs> is the only. Did you see that story that Bobby Fish apparently was trying to get uh, Adam Cole oh. and, uh, and Kyle O'Reilly to leave with him and go back to WWE? Like, that didn't work, and now he's in fucking impact. Like, that's the Bobby Fish story. Like, yeah. he just... <laughs> what a fucking... Brand. At this stage, was great. Promos on Punk, apparently, on that pay-per-view last night. Yeah. That's the level he's fell to. Always, always at. He'll end up back in WWE as, like, a coach. He feels absolutely... Yeah, maybe that's ...completely what it is. set up for that type of deal, but... Or is as a fight performer, with CM Punk? One of the two? Well, I, who'd be paying to watch Bobby Fish? Because I think that's always an interesting one. Like, who actually does? Red Dragon? Sure. I can guess that. Undisputed era. Uh, era. Yeah, clearly. But Bobby Fish by himself? Hmm. I remain to be convinced. Yeah, he's one of them. It's like, I always thought, like, they were better off together at Fish and O'Reilly. But then I realised that it was just I didn't want to watch Bobby Fish singles matches. Kyle Riley probably yeah, yeah. is better off uh, away from that fucking weirdo. Um, but yeah, well, that's been slow on the news front. Like I said, like I said at the top of the show, Tony Khan's like gotten so desperate he's on Twitter now, like fucking trying to make Bix and Rovert make up. Did you saw that today? Like that's a not... tweet I never thought I'd see. Like <laughs> my thought was as well. I was going right. I know it's an international weekend, mm. but running a Premier League football team seems like I don't know. That would be my main job. Like that would be all, and I'd be having to eat, sleep, breathe, fucking Fulham in order to do that. He's got that. He's got the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's got a wrestling company on top of it. I was like, mate, you've got bigger things you need to be doing and concentrating on, on than this. It's like, you know, come on, like do the have the scheduled tweets, have the promotional stuff come out on there. It's like, but bloody hellfire, lad, like. Christ above, he's got enough going on and he needs to still delegate responsibility if we've learned anything from yeah. uh, the these recent couple of shows that we've seen. What did you make of them as far as the shows go? Um, oh. we were got, we, I mean, truth be told, we were obviously we left Spotlight till late in the week. We were thinking of doing it on yeah. uh, Thursday and just doing the Dynamite review. Wait for Rampage. I'm not sure whether that was a, a good call or not. Probably good to just go with the spoilers, Mason, uh, and get the, uh, the headlines. Yeah. Uh, it was worth end. doing, but it wasn't a fun experience. Mm. Did, did you watch Dynamite? I assume you didn't watch that Dynamite live. I did notice somebody was on our fight no. on uh, Wednesday. It wasn't you then. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. No, no, no. I don't know. I hadn't seen. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't see Dynamite live. I'd watched. Um, so, like, I mean, I'd watched. I kind of had the the main event sport for me because I did the classic thing of forgetting it was on, and then you go onto social media and then you see bloody pictures and you're like, oh right, okay. So, Soraya Soraya's debuted and then um, and Moxley's won the title and the rest of it. I think, in theory, you look at this show, and for the first, like, if you're going to it live as a live experience, like, there's lots on this show that you'd kind of love, particularly the dynamite part, but. Obviously, by the rampage side of things, you realise the ridiculous length of this taping, which was like fucking four and a half hours or something. Daft like that on a weeknight, which is which is so stupid in there as well. For me, Arthur Ashe still doesn't translate to TV. I thought it was better like, this time. Not better. It was better. better. It was better, but it was it was less of a crowd. So like it was down in terms yeah. of the number, even though the gate was up. It was down by about 8,000. So I don't know if they didn't want to make it entirely bright for it. They never use things like drone shots over Arthur Ashe, which would be the kind of thing that I'd be wanting to do. 
I'd want to have like, you know, going into there, seeing AEW fans pile into the stadium, stuff like that on there as well. It made me think of a comment that Jamesy had made, which is about they, they produce these great documentary pieces. So I watched like a thing on YouTube about like the build up to Arthur Ashe. I thought, this is great. This should be in between the matches just before they start because it would give people a reason and understand why are why are these people fighting each other? What's the build up to it as well? And I think what ended up happening for me is, is there's stuff on the card that I kind of liked but I didn't like nearly as much as I should have done. In particular, the main event where the directing completely took me out of it, like completely took me out of it. It was good. It could have been great. It sort of should have been great. It should have had like this killer main event, but they decided to create this enormous distraction because whatever you watched it, you could just see a big spotlight on a figure in there, regardless of whichever camera they cut to. So you couldn't escape it. And that's a problem. It really wasn't great all night. Overall, I enjoyed the shows. Mainly Dynamite, I would say. Like, like yeah, Dynamite more so than Rampage. Maybe the thumbs up, thumbs down. I give it a thumbs up. Still, there were just those little mm. things kind of holding it back, and that's you know maybe it's a taste thing, maybe it's a pacing thing. Like I, I, I don't like I say the, the the venue itself. I did think it was shot better because I love that camera where they were shooting up. And you could see, like, yeah. that they gave. It did look unique. It did look different. There's just something about wrestling, isn't it? We can't, like, have it just lit up like they do in tennis. Like, apparently, that's just not not acceptable. We have to have some form can't of dark lighting. Yeah. Plus, with the more empty seats, maybe that's the reason. Yeah. So I, I push back on that a little bit and say it looked better, even if, like, it still was. Oh, it definitely looked better because we were very critical last time that it just, you wouldn't have known where they were. You wouldn't yeah. have known that they were in an, an actual stadium. It wasn't like that this time, I didn't think. But no. I, the, the bigger production issues with the main event, like that was the thing, is, is again, <laughs> I overall enjoyed the show. Definitely things to uh, to pick up mm. on with Critical Eye, which is what we do here. But like, I think that main event was the biggest. It just didn't, I, I said on Twitter at the time, and then I, it didn't, because these shows were so over stuff, and that was a big problem for Rampage, I thought, it just didn't really stand out as being this really really important match that it that it that it should have been and i think going you know bringing the bell mm. with you know 19 minutes of tv time left is like come on lads like to come like i think there was a when jericho was in the main event a, a couple of months ago like you could tell because of the power he's got he'd gone to tony and gone no like send us out there with 45 minutes left like you know what i mean like yeah this is the world title let's make it important i hate that and then, yeah, you know, the, it, it's that t- typical dynamite problem, isn't it, of squashing so much in that nothing gets time to breathe or feel important. I think they did better with that with the um, Soraya Page debut in that they did linger on that afterwards and did that did kind of have its importance. It wasn't like, you know, the Osprey debut where, like, you turned up and it was like you blink and, you know, you're backstage with uh, with Gobshite with a microphone, you know. There's, it, they didn't do that with their... But that was kind of what happened with Moxley and Danielson. It was like, yeah, they were, you could tell they was they were scrambling for time. They sent it to the ring. The match started. We all knew there wasn't much left. They spent most of the match with the camera on MJF, which just got to a point where it's a meme now. You know that that constant shot of uh, of MJF, even he looked looked bored with it. And then the thing was like it's supposed to be this big moment, Moxley winning the title, and because the show was so badly timed out. Literally, they on the. I was watching the TBS feed rather than the fight feed, which got a few more, few set more seconds of it. But on the TBS feed, all you could see was Brian kind of pushing with Regal in the background. They yep. didn't get the, the that closing shot of putting the, the belt on Mockley. They were that against the cosh with the time that it just had to jump away, and it was like, oh, just let it 
let it sink in. Let this be a big moment. You've got a new world champ. You know, this is the the end of like, this big tournament. And um, maybe the fact that this is, you know, the third time Moxley's been in this position in a couple of months could also be the uh, the other issue there as far as it not yep. feeling as as important as it could. But that's kind of like a it's it's one of the, it's one of those small things about AEW that adds up to a bigger thing when you get so frustrated that they don't that they don't fix it. Is that big moments aren't allowed most of the time to feel like big moments, and mm. this was another one of those really. And like I say, the match felt a bit rushed. It wasn't, you know, of, of their best work. Camera work wasn't great, and then yeah, didn't even get the time to linger on it and uh, and breathe at the end. It just was a uh, just a bit as a presentation. I would say disappointing more than the the work of the guys. Yeah, I think so because we'll never quite know because so because we were never allowed to kind of just watch the match. Like weirdly enough, the person they were focusing on was allowed to watch the match, yeah. but we weren't allowed to. Like MJF was able to see it, but for a lot of it, like it, you know, it just got, was flitting around there. I mean, I went three and a half stars on this, and I think I mean even being kind of generous because I didn't find it kind of enjoyable because I'm just like two of my favourite wrestlers in the world having a main event for a vacant world title. You know, should be something you think, oh, this would be really good. This would be really great. Like you know, and I'm kind of all right with whoever wins it as well like there's there's where really good reasons for both. would you would you what do you think about them going back, I, to, going back to him i i don't mind i just want to see him leave it on moxley which is why i'm not mad at that about him going straight away to necessarily this like mjf feud and and stuff like that because it feels like like at some point like you need to they need stability with the world title so i get the reasons for going on to it personally i would like to see him put it on danielson because i think we forget it's like how much time is he going to be there for? Because at the time his contract starts coming up, WWE are going to offer him a ton of money and he gets on with this incarnation of it and there's no Vince and they'd recognise that, look, this guy's a massive fucking star. We could get some juice out of him and... But that might you not know, have He a, might just retire. He might just go and have He might just retire. Or he might get yeah. hurt. Or, I, I, I personally, for me, like I... It's limited time. I think with Moxley, it's a nice story. It's, he does it... The problem with Mo- I think where, where, where I draw the line with Moxley is, and you can't wreck on history, but like he probably shouldn't have lost the puncture. The like that was that was the no. probably the, the the stronger argument was there. Now that that happened, like I get like the sympathetic, you know, he's the after especially after that fucking killer promo last week, you know, like uh, <laughs> I understand the, the 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 thought and the want to do it. It just feels a little bit like a and always like a, not a charity case, but I don't know. It feels a little bit along that vein, and also it's just. It's one of them, while intellectually I can recognise, you know, Moxley, killer promo, great wrestler. It just doesn't excite me that much. Maybe part of that's the fact we've seen him as champion now, you know, even for those short periods. And, you know, just what are the ideas going forward that I'm that I'm really excited about with Moxley? I get other people are, so, you know, that's fine. You know, if you are more excited than me with that with Moxley, cool. Um, but he doesn't really kind of light my world on fire that way, whereas... It's just a fanboy thing, but the idea of yeah, Brad, I don't think it was ever a consideration, you know, at this point. But Danielson being like this defending champion, this company ace, this I saw uh, Joseph Monticello was the first one to make this point. You know, the idea of Brian after Punk lost the belt in ROH, becoming the ROH World Champion in uh, after Punk left in dramatic fashion. Then when he left in dramatic fashion, what did what did we do? Turn to Brian. Like the tr- the trio of that would have been so cool. Like if we yeah. done that here, and you know they maybe gone with him, but it's clear that's just not the role they see Brian in. They don't, you know, they I don't think they mess 
hundred percent utilize them to the to the best of uh, of their abilities, at least as far as him being you know the guy you know in the company. I think he's always mm. going to be a be a one B type guy. You can plug in and completely reliably have these great matches and these you know these great things. But I don't know if they actually have a a proper long term Daniel Bryan Brian Danielson as a top guy kind of idea um, with him. I think. It was probably always going to back to back to Moxley, but the fanboy in me just finds that a bit more appetizing and a bit more, a bit yeah. more interesting and a bit more fresh. Um, what they could maybe have done. It's it's a thing where they just. I mean, either way, it would be one of these two that you'd go to. Of well, all so the rest, James of says, sorry. The, the the counter is, and I I hear this that you know if if they're putting it back onto MJF immediately anyway, you know is there a point in putting it on Brian? Or oh. at that point, is that just not mean to it to Moxley if he loses it quickly again? But does Mox uh, then get his holiday? Yeah, yeah. Like I I get it, and it'll be Mox versus MJF at full gear. I can completely imagine that 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 has to be the case there now for it because that I mean in some ways they have to put the belt on MJF and they have to kind of do it sooner rather than later because this is all part of their 2024 storyline isn't it where it's going to be a case of him holding it hostage for time and people trying to take it off him and stuff like that 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 in and of itself and he's a more like obviously compelling kind of TV presence you know and he is leaning into those cheers more that's definitely a thing that is happening but he's very Gareth was saying about that last week wasn't he like I like I my argument about them doing the faux baby face thing I still prefer that idea because like at least Mm. there's a reason for the cheers now he's just you know making fucking wheelie to look like a gobshite you know he's he's probably gonna happen with with Moxie as well Moxie can handle himself but yeah it's gonna be him going through the I mean it's it's the kind of situation that they're in at the moment and what what's the best case scenario i suppose mox is very much he is just ultimately seen as the very much the the safe pair of hands he did i imagine he wanted that long break for a reason like if you think about the schedule he's worked since he's come basically I mean, we out say this like he works, all as well. he works two days a week he works two <laughs> One days day a week probably oh, i'd have that <laughs> and yeah a lot of traveling for the money he's on i'd do that yeah i'd do it with a fucking smile on my face for a while anyway, until I gradually obviously grew sick of it. But I, I kind of, you know, I imagine he, you know, he wants that that bit of time off on, on there as well. And MJF is is the guy that they kind of should be going to. I think that's like, if because it would allow them, and I wonder if they really do it, where he should be the focal point of their TV, ultimately. Right or wrongs for what they're doing with everything else on there. Like between him, you know, him, Moxie, Danielson around that kind of like, big mix of of people on there on top I'm kind of fine with um and I think it, it sort of should be going in that direction however it did feel like sort of certainly in dynamite it was very much like M- the MJF show wasn't it for even though he doesn't wrestle and he's you know and it's you know they're getting rid of that rankings system that's something that's that's very much falling to the to the kind of wayside. Full game, mate. They've, uh, we're going to have, have. Uh, the contenders ring. It's going to be the uh, it's going to go the way of that. The the, uh, the top five rankings is going to be next. They're going to have a they're going to start uh, making people petition for title Ooh. shots. Uh, maybe MJF never wrestles is one of the thoughts I have. He never wrestles. It's never something he does, does it? So he said on the, did you see his aerial um, his interview with Ariel Hawani? He basically said that. I've seen bits of it. Yeah. He yeah. he's a special attraction, which is good because he kind of should be like that's ultimately what he should he should be like an interview who wrestles when he wrestles it's only like on really big shows because it just makes it seem that that bit more important and I'd be uh, I'm happy with that 
I think that's not... probably, yeah, it's probably the thing. I think the, the, the conversation we're all having should have been Brian or Moxley. I think the the chess that Tony Khan is playing, well, it's neither. It's MJF. Like that's probably yeah. the an- the real answer, isn't it? And you know, I'm going to full gear myself. That that's only what eight weeks away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a short reign for whoever whoever's got it, <laughs> which appears to be uh, Moxley again. But I guess you can find a way to to do it if you are going to MJF. That will put you know maybe put some heat back on MJF, make him like a full heel, make it like some kind of despicable mm-hmm. way that he uh, he puts poor John Moxley out who has another. You know, failed one as a uh, as champion. Maybe the maybe they can maybe they can sell that story in a way that makes this make more sense than you know the fantasy book and a Brian. Yeah, and they can't. And I think Moxley probably plugs himself because there's a previous feud that they had uh, as well in there. He plugs himself into that kind of storyline ecosystem. What do you think? Easier. The, um, the idea and was. What do you think the idea was with Punk? Like, because I like. I, I th- honestly think that Punk MJF was perfect as it was. I wouldn't mess with it. The fact that they, yeah. they kind of got forgotten in the Punk discourse that like we were literally going back to that. I was like, how'd you t- how'd you tell another chapter of that story? Like, I wonder what the, was this the plan with that that you know Punk was Punk and MJF were going to come up with more. You know, I don't know what else they could do to each other outside of you know the dog collar match and the promos they cut back and forth in the build to uh, to all that stuff. Like they were going to find some way to light that up and make it a big deal that MJF beats CM Punk this time around. I suppose they could, you know, with the quality of the two people in there, they could have done it, but I wonder if that mm. was the plan. Well, it's less than a year since that Punk-MJF feud as well. So it's not like this is a feud that we've kind of, you know, it, it had lots of time to kind of settle on and you can go back to kind of at a later date. It did seem like a kind of weird one for, for Punk to go to that. I, I personally... Was MJF was going to beat him and that was it? Like, was well, it? That's was it. I would have... I mean, I mean, ultimately MJF going for the title to hold it hostage to threaten to go to WWE is the story that they come in yeah. they want to tell. And it's and it's the story they want to tell. And in some lot of ways, it's the story they kind of should tell. I mean, I still think there's a, a weird meta story of WWE invaders coming in away AEW that they could go with if they were like desperate and I wouldn't be that amazed if they didn't do something like that at some point in time it feels that way uh, at times in, in AEW but I don't know I mean I almost would have if I were them I would have wanted to go to Punk Danielson that would have led nicely on from Moxley to go to that it would have been something where you've got history and you've got the ROH kind of back catalogue as well to to tie into it um, in, ter- in terms of a history with them and then obviously in WWE as well at the same time you know you've got all of that stuff there so you know that's that for me is definitely you know I, I would have gone down that route rather than Punk again but uh, yeah uh, this is the thing about Tony Khan's booking and everything else is it's, is it f- it's so scary of the year we're not allowed to uh, criticize well, it's, it's, uh... and with we're talking to one of the reasons I was going to raise this earlier on. You mentioned about how much time this match got. Like one of the reasons is, did we need, like why do we have pack versus orange Cassidy for the all Atlantic title on this show? Why did that belt even exist? Don't need that match on there at all. Whoever is saying, Oh, we need to have this for that. It's like, they need to be told, no, it's too much. Like you've got like fucking four other matches for effectively like the, you know, what is effectively two world titles, well, three world championships and the tag team titles, but you need to have this match on there as well. There is. It's like... Yeah, this show in a lot of ways was the answer that, you know, the people who, you know, will will 
we very much AW homers and love everything Tony does yeah. as, a, as a booker and calling booker the year and stuff. Because you know that that was the thing about the conversation last week where I didn't you know hundred percent agree and said on the podcast I do think Tony Khan offers something as a booker. I think the fact that he's mm-hmm. willing to listen to other people's ideas is a is a positive. And let's not yeah. pretend that every great idea that's ever happened in AW that we've loved over the last three years is entirely due to MJF or Punk or whoever. You know Tony Khan has got a lot to do. You know with a lot of the good that we've uh, enjoyed in AEW, but the little things we don't like about his booking that we'll moan about on here, you know, there is consequence to them. It's like people will say, well, what's wrong with the wrestling show having too much happen on it? Oh, there's too much, is it? They're going to run out of pops. I'm like, no, there is a prop consequence to having too much in that, you know, your main event gets squashed the time like it, like it does here. There, yeah. there, there is a consequence to not, you know, allow, allowing things, you know, time to uh, to breathe and, uh, uh, and live on a show. There is a consequence to having too many belts because everyone's got a belt and if well yeah. most people have got a belt and it becomes you know problematic to book like how many times has phoenix lost since he won the uh the the the, the uh the trios title you know like if if he wasn't a champion you could probably get away with that and it'd be fine but you know it creates it creates these little bubbling problems and it's like the quality control thing that i always bang on about with tony mm. Khan. like how many fucking weapon used interfered you know, weapons involved finishes did this ha- this show have it was three in a row oh. at one point like no, nobody yeah. is actually the problem with, and again I will I, you know I didn't agree last week when Gareth said that Tony Khan offers nothing like, and we, we had the conversation and I, I don't think it's nothing he offers he does offer a lot of positives but the negative he offers is he's got no like he's just he's got so many ideas it's so scattergun it's not quite full Russo like I've heard I think PW Insider described him as this week but like he needs oh, no. an editor he needs somebody to go listen see the, the way this show is lined up the way you've, you've set this out you've put three pretty much identical finishes in a row here or you keep doing backstage segments where somebody interrupts and it leads to a match like you're doing that a lot you know that bird's eye view because he's so fucking in the zone and he's got his football manager save going and he's got his you know nfl equivalent going like he just doesn't seem to have that eye for that kind of detail that's where you need someone to go i know these are only little things but they do add up to the overall enjoyment of the show yeah no i'm 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 with you on that because i mean i think you know it it does detract from it because it's it it's the the kind of who is the, who is the person who's not saying we're going right, right what happens if we go over time what happens if there's a snafu and we run out of time for the main event surely that's the big thing what do we want people to take away from it, it it's like they didn't have the contingency for it as Liam points out there'll be five minutes to show where people just stare at the entrance way as somebody comes out to their music and stuff like that which you don't need at all and it could be tightened up that at least, like you say, he's willing to have that kind of point of view. I think where I am with him as a booker at this stage is going, right, what storylines are being told here and which ones are involving titles and which ones aren't? Like, And if you realise if the title is the storyline and you've got that same storyline being told nine different ways, but it's ultimately the same type of thing, it's going to get repetitive for a television show. I mean, I don't know if you want to read too much into the ratings. They were down from last week's, but it suggests to me that last week's was kind of like a statistical anom- anomaly. Weird rating. Weird rating that it was. Like, it was really strong. Like, good on them. Like, uh, every segment yeah. above a million. Don't yeah. know what it was about that show. It was just, I think it was, they, they packed it with stars. It's still a star driven business, isn't it? So, you know, yeah, that's going to happen. Um, you know, when you, you know, you, you have your show anchored by Jericho and Moxley and Brian, it did really well. Um, 
you know, but yeah, I can't really explain that to be honest. That that week and why it was so much, you know, higher than this week. Um, it's hard. It's hard to take lessons from, from that. It's a just a strange part. I think this week's as well was a good, you know, just above the mil- the million mark overall. Mm. Decent demo. Like it was, it was fine. It it wasn't bad. Still, it fitted more into the pattern of recent show ratings, didn't it? Mm. It, it wasn't kind of fitting around that million mark. Like a minor disappointment, I would say, in that, you know, you would think big show, well built up, coming off a really big, a weird freak million, week. Million dollar gate, mate. No criticism. <laughs> no. But, but, Insulates no, you but from we all also criticism. shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater and say it was a trend. Yeah. It wasn't. Like, it, it's still number one on cable. It's still a, a good number, isn't it? It is. It's just that. As we say with this all the time, it's like you, you look at the business side and then you look at the kind of some of the trend lines that then follow on and, and and generally the business the business trends don't always follow the um what's the right phrase for it? Um like the you know, if the creatively if things start to work, it takes a little bit of time for it to get into that kind of system. I think at the moment the way um that it is it is that you look at the advances in recent weeks and the problems there that we've got in terms of um, how much, uh, like some of the the advances for, I think it was like in Bridgeport, Connecticut was one of the shows and it's just like one and a half thousand and the rest of it. They're overdoing the Northeast is what it is. They are. There is a problem with it, like strategically, where they haven't got the infrastructure that WWE have. Like how many people have they got working on that kind of marketing events team around there going to variety places and, and things like that? But it that. might all be WWE blocking them out of like the good venues and a lot of places. Yeah. There's a lot of states in the US though. There's a lot of places they haven't been to. I'm just amazed that they haven't, I don't know, have they been to Alabama? I'm not saying they should go Alabama or that Alabama's great or anything else like that. That's an example, something like that. Or go back to LA. Arizona, yeah. Um, earlier in the year. There's places like Iowa and stuff, which seem like they're Idaho, which are, are, are completely like underserved, un, underserved, if that makes any sense. They're not being given like enough kind of wrestling, like live big time wrestling for it to um, to, to kind of really mean anything. Um, yeah, and they don't do that. And yeah, they do overuse, but it's that's probably the word for it is I think they've fallen into this pattern. We talk about this one of overuse. They overuse titles. They overuse tropes. They overuse the same kind of places and cities that they go to. They overdo the Mookie Ball stuff. And the problem is, yeah, and and the problem is with that, with the Mookie Ball stuff is it doesn't take into the fact, that works for sports, yeah? This is also creative. I make a lot of comparisons with sports and wrestling a lot of the time, but I also then remember this is a television show, which is there as a piece of entertainment, so it needs to have things in there that are going to be... So sort of this mm. week, like for me, it's like it's the equivalent of like, you know, you could let's say like rampage most weeks, and maybe this week to an extent. They cram so much in, they cut out the entrances because they're afraid somebody, somebody, somewhere might change the channel. We need to stop that. And they play monkey ball with it because they treat it like a sport, which has got there's logic there. I understand why they do it, but like mm. I would counter that with yeah. But HBO could like you know House of the Dragon, they could. You know, cut all of the small dialogue segments and just have back-to-back dragon fights. Unless people would tune out minute to minute, but it'd be a worse show, wouldn't it? You know that because James yeah. was making the point about you know them not doing enough as far as like you know telling you know stories with like some of the the sit-down interviews they do and stuff. There, I think the mucky spreadsheet would show losers viewers minute to minute, which is why they don't do so much of it. But you know, maybe you have to take that that you know that take that hit sometimes to 
give the you know to make the show you know overall a quality you know product still a premium product still. Mm. It's a, it is it's that battle between sports logic and you know you're presenting a drama in a lot of ways too kind of logic yeah it is it's it's a television show it's it's the weird world that wrestling sits in there i mean as, as much as we hate the term sports entertainment it is rather apt like for what it is there's like the the pretense of athletic competition mixed in with this kind of like television show thing uh aesthetic to it and that's the problem i found with watching aw is it's too much it's just too much there's no such thing that's where there's no consequences think, to doing too much jp none yeah, your problem. there is you're not getting you're getting more well, JP. more is good if you're there live, then yeah, I can get that they were getting more. But even like we, you know, spoke earlier on about in the, in the pre-show about you know our friends Davey Portman was was at the show as well, and, and Dicky Bird and uh, John Cena and Brandon from New Jersey all having a great time and a good old Airbnb, drink yeah. and all the rest of it. Even, they, oh god, yeah, the sound is horrific. <laughs> Poor lads, like. Oof. Not like my Airbnb, but that's not for me to sell fucking on this show. That's a terrible thing to joke. Um, but like, Airbnb. it is one of these. Slash JPGP. I don't know what you <laughs> <doing. laughs> It does have that on there. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> but even they left before the end of Rampage because it was too much. Yeah. And I noticed it on the, like, you could hear it, like this crowd kind of die and the rest of it. And it's, and I think that's, that's the problem. And that's like, people who are really adamant because obviously it's higher ticket prices for this show because it did a bigger gate but like eight what like six seven thousand people less you know that it is one of these things where um you just look at the less hmm. interest i mean is the less interest in aw overall like to get to the point we were just talking about like is that is that the way is that true is that not true like i saw a, you know Rajgir, he's a fucking moron but i saw him going back and forth with melton about it like, he was looking at, at the year on year you know saying year on year you know dynamite the grand slam uh, show was uh much down based on last year i mean last year i had brian versus omega on it um yeah and it was down based on last week so there's a. Uh, there's a trend that Melt keeps going on about how AEW's cooling off and WWE's getting hotter. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's completely pulled the numbers on on why he kind of feels that way. It does feel like that way a little bit, though. It does feel a little bit um, like it's uh, like it's cooling off. It is a little. It is a little bit because WWE, for the first time in however long, in its own small way, has had like a fresh coat of paint. Like that's the it's the still first shite, time. Not as shite as the. Uh, but it's still shite. <laughs> it's the thing we said. What are they going to produce? They're going to produce a competently booked product. That's ultimately it. That's what they're going to end up pr- producing is a competently booked product, and um, that is kind of what they're doing. Like it's there's nothing great about it. There are isolated moments. Like I know you love this Sami Zayn kind of bloodline storyline that's that's going on and all all the rest yeah like and i can get why that's there i just think it for me it depends on what the big shows do what are the big changes what do they produce for a mania what is a vinceless mania like like is that the kind of stuff that feels like it's going to really generate business they're going to produce stuff and you go wow that's a fucking great show or are we still going to see the problems around things that they've had over the last few years with the Royal Rumble, where they're not able to set up the storylines for Mania and things like that? At the moment, WWE is competent. That's that's what it is. This idea of it being great, it's just like, if you're force-fed shit and then somebody sprinkles a bit of sugar on it for a while, it's going to taste better, but ultimately you're still eating shit. Let's not make any bones about it. And I still think that's where we are with it. With AEW, there's this element of, 
it grew very, very quickly without any kind of an, we didn't realize, I don't think as fans, how much of an infrastructure wasn't there that, that wasn't present in AEW. And I think that, um, AEW now has had like creatively, this is the difficult year. This is like, you know, it's not the difficult second album. It's the difficult third album that they've they've had here last year and, was a hit wasn't it last year you know you had, yeah you had the, the cm punk song and you had the uh the brian danielson song and you had the oh you know, yeah the hangman and uh and uh and kenny stuff and yeah this year it's probably yeah it's gonna be like it's still still good but it's i think i think i honestly think because you know gareth will point at this and he'll point at the numbers you know being looking like they're going to be down year on year last week they were definitely mm-hmm. up year on year based on the uh, the year before so there is that but the overall trend is going to be that um, well, yeah, I, I sit somewhere in the middle on it, and that like, I mean, that the whole house isn't falling over, is it? Because like, they're still, like I say, number one on cable, as we said, number one on cable, number one cable, number million one, dollar gate, seven, six, billion dollar gate. Those gates seem to be slipping a little bit um, mm. as a, as an overall trend, but that can be down to you know where they're running. Overall, it seems a bit cooler, but it's I don't know. I don't. I think that's the problem. We'll say that, and we'll have conversations like we did last week, and be like, "Oh, they, like, AW in the mud. AW is going out of business." I don't think they are. Like I don't. But you know, we can have a conversation no. about you know where they are now compared compared to last year. And also, are they going to be heated up enough for when it comes to the TV deals and what they potentially would want to be getting? For like next year, is on that though. If they're number one constantly, and TNT are happy with them, like well, it's not like they're drawing seven hundred thousand, is it? No, it isn't. And they are, you know, TNT. I think are generally happy with them. I would say. I, I think they would be probably perturbed if things feel like it's going off the. I don't know. The, the behind the scenes drama has become a lot less prevalent this week, and probably was a good thing for them going into Arthur Ashe. So, looking at it. And they showed last week they can bounce back from that without the elite. Yeah, Punk, they can still do kill. They're not doing NXT demos, I suppose, is what I'm saying. It, no, they're not doing NXT, and I think as well what they're what they're doing is is it's what other younger stars are going to be showing the faith in because it feels like I don't know the amount of times we heard Jungle Boy referred to as Jack Perry during throughout that. It's like right, that's we're very much changing gears. We're going to be playing up the whole Luke Perry is his dad's type thing, which they should be doing all along. And it should be like he's a boy Jim no Ross more. Right. He's a man. Is that what it is? I, I think Jim Ross through war of attrition drilled it into their heads, and that's what should be calling <laughs> whether you fucking liked it or not. Yeah, <laughs> didn't care. Like a good message world poster, you'd always write in the end. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. God, he's. Do you know what? For a bloke who talks about how much he hates inside stuff, do you ever see a man make more fucking insider type comments whenever he's on commentary? Like he's doing a podcast. It's like it is. It's like he's reviewing the show live on air. Thank God. Like she is near. Two hours and it's like, this week. It's fucking rough. <laughs> oh, mate. That commentary team for, for fucking Rampage. Okay, so. That made it so much harder. Well, yeah, I don't know. It does. It feels like a cooler product overall. My interest is definitely yeah. lower than it was. I say that as somebody who just bought flights to go to full gear. So you know, there is that too. Um, but yeah, it's something we'll we'll kind of keep keep an eye on going for. And the booking criticisms we've got, like I say, but I, I despite that, I still did overall enjoy Dynamite. I've seen mm-hmm. you know people say it was terrible. I've seen people you know no. who absolutely loved it and can't see any flaws. It hundred percent had its flaws, but I don't know. You give me a show, you know, with a uh, I think Swaven Our Glory and the acclaimed on it. I thought that was a rough match, but you give me a show with them. All that that match was about the moments at the end, wasn't it? I think they they were maybe over. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe over. I don't know what the word would be. They just 
maybe maybe just the the ideas they have in their head didn't quite come off on paper. You know, the whole stuff yeah. with, you know, Max Caster's sore leg and coming off the top rope and they shot it badly and it was like a false finish and then the real finish for some reason had to involve Billy Gunn. Like they probably overthought it is probably the best best way of putting it. Yeah. But we got our moments at the end, you know, as it's mm-hmm. the WWE conversation moment booking. But we got our big moments at the end, you know. That was that was nice to see. It was nice to see the acclaimed, you know, get that. I think Swerve Swerve Strickland's I've not you know, there's been you know, Keith Lee and, and him as, as, as a tag team, I've not particularly, you know, th- thought they've been lighting the world on fire, but the character work from, from Strickland has been really good. And, you know, if we're going to talk, talk ratings and we're going to talk numbers, like their segments the last two weeks were, I think, the strongest uh, on the show. So they're clearly, you know, translating to, to people in general. And that story's being, you know, translating to people. If you're looking for, for stories that, you know, asking about what's what's told well in this company, that seems to be one that's that's burning well. Whether they needed the tag titles to do it is is maybe a question. Mm. But they've now gotten the, the belt on to acclaim, and I thought that was a that was a great moment and uh, and well deserved considering the uh, the level of uh, of overness those lads have got themselves to. Uh, it's a good moment. However, sorry to sound like the negative one here. Hmm. My thoughts then went to how soon will they just fall down the shuffle? on the show which is a shame belts, yeah. <laughs> it does hen- it does happen because that's the track record certainly in yeah. 2022 is that they end up being kind of forgotten about and if you want evidence of it look at pack look at wardlow you could even look at jade cargill gonna be honest look at every single title that they have pretty much and we end up having these kind of same debates about why it's not being featured in the card enough and it will just be they're backstage and all of a sudden the gun club will interrupt them and then we'll end up having a match set up and the live crowd will love it, but as a TV experience, it feels quite unfulfilling with them, whereas you want to see them be the big featured acts in the company. Um, however, like it was, it was, it did make me think, I mean, I said the point about doing it you know, there, because there was the New York connection as well with them and everything else, particularly with like Anthony Bowen. I think it's, they said his dad played for the Jets and stuff like that as well. Um, did we need, should they not have just done it at the pay-per-view? Ultimately, you said about calling an audible at the time. And I still think for the moment, for the kind of match as well and what it would have delivered, because I went three and a half on this and I thought like, I didn't think it was like a bad, bad match. There were just things like you say that Messy. just didn't work. There was a lot of stuff happening in front of the referee where he was having to like deliberately like kind of look away from it. And he just looks bad. I just don't think it's a particularly like kind of great look. Um, Fix that on Rampage. It's all sorts of RJP. You don't have to worry. Yeah. Oh, the excessive violence thing in there. So that's Wardlow done in. Yeah, I was going to say they haven't applied um, that to Wardlow. <laughs> you forgot about that. No, exactly. <laughs> um, but if they go, like, this is the thing is Swerve as a heel, for me, is really good. And a feud between them, you think, oh, this could be good but it's going to be fighting for so much airspace with so much other stuff yeah. with so many other people. That's what worries Is me. it going to mean anything? And are we going to get Swerve versus John Moxley in a substantial feud where, where he's going for his first world title? No, the match might never they didn't happen. do it with Malachi Black. <laughs> didn't do it with Andrade. Yeah. Haven't done it with Keith Lee. Yeah. Why would they do it with him now suddenly? And it's, and it, sorry, it comes back to it. Cause that's one of my big takeaways is I was thinking between on this entire card, if you look at dynamite and rampage together, how many people are on this show? It's insane. Yeah. The amount of people. Was, uh, battle yeah. Royal. <laughs> Good example. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. how many rappers are on there oh my that, that was so t- like Matty loved this it's like it's so Tony Khan is it we can't have one rapper can't just have action fronts we have to have 12 we have to bring Trina in yeah like you know it's just that's just that's that's his logical West Side Gun yeah yeah you're right though like like because like, yeah, like, 
even that because because I I do really think there's something there with Swerve. Like I've been of our our group. I've been other than Matty actually, mm-hmm. Matty's a big fan of uh, Swerve as well. I've been the high man on him as far as like potential. I think he's been showing that potential. Um, you know, in the in these little like heel. Um, you know, leaning segments and stuff. You're right, though. Is there enough room? <laughs> is it because the roster is so bloated and there's so many bodies on TV and so many segments and so much happening in a less bloated, less packed promotion? He could stand out as this little, this upper mid card, mm. the rise in the card that we can all watch. Can I picture it happening in AEW? Actually, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, past what we've had so far, I'm not sure. Uh, but and, the potential is another... you know, absolutely good. And it's another breakup that we've seen with Christian Cage and Jungle Boy and Hobbs and Starks. Like, we're going to get another one of those. And those, like, and and one of those feuds is like, and I felt sorry for Hobbs and Stark, like, at the end of Rampage, because that crowd looked fucking wrecked. Yeah. The crowd that was there, which I imagine was probably only about 3,000 or so, because it was fucking quarter to one on a weekday. I would say one thing that it did get a chance to stand out on the uh, the intro uh, to the show because he's a smart man. Um, <laughs> Jericho made sure him and uh, Claudio yeah. went out there first. You're not on last. You're on first. That's the, uh, the he's fucking. I mean, I can't stand the cunt, but he is having like as far as like a renaissance, at least politically, like he's winning right now. Oh yeah, he's seeing his opportunity in AEW, and he's just like you know he's doing favors because that's the thing. You know, we went to Tony Khan and was like, I'll do you a favor, put the put the ROH belt on me. You know, we'll, we'll use it to get a better TV deal or we'll use it, you know, to uh, to build that up, you know. Just rip up the ideas you had with Claudio as champion or whatever else you were going to do. Put it on me as a better idea. You know, we'll leave, lead to me and Danny or whoever else he could bring to him. He, Jericho could do whatever. He could fucking do whatever he wanted right now at AEW. Mm. Like, so he's got completely, clearly got completely uh, Tony Khan's ear. It feels like, I mean, it could be wrong. This feels like two weeks ago we just decided I want to be ROH champion and Therefore, it's come true. Um, but uh, I, I thought it was, you know, they, they had a good match. They got time, you know, which is another positive of going on first. It felt like it was something when uh, when Jericho won the belt at the end. I think overall it was good business, even if you know me with the ROH title in the back is, uh, is you know, a little bit uh, perturbed that uh, fucking Chris Jericho is now added to the lineage. But what am I gonna do, fucking? Tyler Black and you know I did wonder that mate names I don't like are uh, attached to that belt you know the the latter day ROH fucking you know Matt Taven um, has been ROH champion like I at do, this point it's not sacred but whenever there's a ring on a title change mm-hmm. my first thought is what does 21 year old Benno think of this situation what does he make I of Chris Jericho then he would have <laughs> gone batshit in 2004 2005 if Chris Jericho had come in the ring of honor if you come in the ring of honor to do one day you'd have flown out there like let alone if he's, that. yeah um. no, no, that's probably a bit strong isn't it but I would have really that would have meant something like for um for that but uh, I I did wonder as well like my other thought was is this because of a TV deal because I get that's it that's what that. everyone thinks yeah that's that has to be the kind of prevailing logic. Probably told Tony Khan whether it's true or not. Like, <laughs> well, it, they're just looking at it as like a kind of lightning strike struck twice kind of deal, isn't it? And let's face it, this Ring of Honor world title, in some ways, like what was Claudia going to do? He's only going to have a certain level of challenger coming up against him, and ultimately, he would have been used to put over a, a, a kind of younger guy. Which I don't think. Again, talk about someone who's coming and I like you. I like the match. I went three and a half stars, and it was 
better than I thought. I, I think we forget how old Jericho is well. and the like stuff that the he's trying. Ex- super yep. on the outside and stuff. Um, that was, tell you what did look bad though the Kerry Silken bump like Kerry Silken was like oh that was bad remember that Josh from Tough Enough who got the Stone Cold Stunner and just got up and walked backstage like that was when yeah. Kerry Silken just got up again like he just didn't know what to do like you know he, but then you, you, do you mess with uh, with John Belushi's uh, coke dealer JP you don't you don't tell Kerry Silken you don't do, so, uh, you mate know. he took it well I was going to say is that, is that not how uh, John Belushi died is it John who's the one who died John should we assume it's both yeah, till well. proven otherwise? That sounds like a terrible thing. It's possibly John Belushi, star of Blues Brothers, or James Belushi, star of Canine, which is the weaker of the policeman and dog team-up films. It's no Turner and Hooch. That could be a That's film it. called Blunder. Oh, mate, a desperate. Turner and Hooch, I still, I mean, to early Hanks, when he was doing those kind of comedies, comedies like Volunteers, he was piss funny hmm. back then. He got a bit mawkish, especially when we get into Philadelphia, which which we shouldn't with me and my fucking track records. I won't mention <laughs> it again today. Um, but yeah, John's the dead one. Yeah, he very much is. Uh, James Belushi owns, uh, he, he, he's he got a big weed farm, big weed factory. Oh, getting into it. The brother fucking missed out on that one, didn't he? Big time. <laughs> what he could be made. Like Kevin Nash, yeah. who's uh, also gone on to wear the half chain. I'm still always the smartest man in the room. I, I fucking have there for the Kevin Nash uh, <laughs> dispensary or whatever it is he's selling. I'm not sure what he's selling. Oh, it. Oh, it that was incredible. I still have that image saved, image saved on my phone, like <laughs> of, of just him leaning out of there. The ice cream truck. Like, the ice cream truck. <laughs> fucking genius. What a world we live in, JP. Amazing. What a world we live in, indeed. We'll get there eventually. Um, we'll get the Tories out. <laughs> but yeah, um, I thought in terms of like the the reason, like I'm kind of, are they going to do anything substantial with Claudio? Which in can we just break up the Blackpool Combat Club as a thing, so we can get Danielson doing interesting stuff, Claudio doing interesting stuff, Moxley doing interesting stuff, but all separately, and then they can come back and fight at various points. I. I that's something that because I just look at Claudia and I think he's the third guy in that group, and it's like there's a part of him I wonder how long is his deal? Is he only doing a little while? And then is he just gonna think? Do you know what Vince has gone? He didn't really want me as top guy because I'm foreign. Something he can't change. Um, well, apparently he got changed in Rod- where Roger Federer changed, didn't he? Who's retired this weekend? Um, Big fan, fair enough, Claudia. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's one of them. The only thing I'd say about like, yeah, it's just it's not like you know the yeah that big moment, and then yeah, he's had a couple of rampage defenses, and now it's over. It's just a bit. Yeah, it's not mm. a very, doesn't feel like a very well told story. It does. It just feels like something that's been hijacked. There were other plans, and we're doing we're doing a what might end up being a better idea if it you know as much as you know yeah, it's probably only suggested that if for his own self preservation, there probably is a logic that if say he loses it to Daniel Garcia down the road, you know that's a story you can tell, and you know what's but what is really the story you can tell with this Ring of Honor title at the moment. Because it doesn't like it does. I, it's like when Samoa Joe came out. I completely forgot it, there was a TV belt, let alone that he was TV a champion belt as well. Don't forget that. <laughs> ROH. <laughs> That's still allowed. Oh, Use that on Dark this week. I, I know it's incredible. <laughs> like because they had to target a tape a Dark match as well. Two Dark matches or Dark Elevation. What's the difference between the two, other than different commentators? and a different graphic, by the way. Why is there a dark elevation? Why isn't that Ring of Honor? <laughs> All of these questions, none of which will ever get answered, <laughs> that, that thrown out there. 
Did you have any thoughts on the other matches on uh, on Dynamite? Was it the uh, the women's four way um, and uh, Pack and Orange Cassidy? We haven't really uh, touched on. Well, I would just say Pack and Orange Cassidy. I was, I, I mean, I went three stars on this. Do you, you remember the, when Orange Cassidy debuted against Pack and the reaction he got and everything else? Um, they can wrestle. Don't get me pops. wrong. Is that what we're saying? Sorry, are we saying he's run out of pops? Orange Cassidy run out of pops. The gun. Ah, like at, at this point. Like with with Orange Cassidy, he is just someone who's there as well. This is where I, I come onto the that. TV. I don't think he is. Like, I mean, yeah, the Osprey match wasn't that long ago. He's definitely I know. since that. He, but he's just a character there. This is where the point I want to come to with him is basically he will pop a live crowd. He is just pure comic relief. But the problem is, is that this is where this is where you see the failings of the TV show. His character hasn't changed at all in the last year with everything else that's gone on. His character changed in the first couple of years. There were little subtle things for it. It was when he was speaking and he had the debate stuff with Jericho and the rest of it. That was like good stuff. That was like a kind of character progression. It wasn't, you know, he did the kind of lazy thing as a basically a way of psyching out his opponents, which was absolutely fine. Instead, like, but he's not developing or blossoming much in some of the best friends are. They've just been very, very stagnant. And so, that, though, isn't it on the character itself? Like, I because I think he has, like, eh. this, I think this year, especially, they've emphasized the whole the reason he puts his hand in his pockets and does what he does. He is trying mm-hmm. to psych people out. I think there has been a a bit of a shift in the, the way they present it this year. Um, I think he's just cooled down like anyone else because there's not enough time and energy to give him focus. And he just because he's reliably over character, they just plug him into to segments and stuff. Like I, I don't know. I think that's, that's as it. much development as I want with this character. I think with the Jericho story, I think there was a there was always a ceiling on that. It's like okay, so now what? Like you know, with stripping away things people like about him and making him something else. I wasn't even sure that was the, that was the route to go because he kind of did end up back in the same position. I mean, but like, what really of any, I mean, he has the match with Osprey, but then I remember thinking at the time, yeah, it's, it's a really good match, but there's still a much better use of Will Osprey. Oh yeah, and I agree with that, yeah. Like, you know, the, there are those things where he just gets positioned in there, but it's, it's stuff I put into, it's good in the live category but I'm not sure about it necessarily being on there for TV. Um, the, the finish was awful yeah, as well. It was an awful, awful finish. Pack is one of these people, again, who's definitely like lost in the shuffle. You think about how high he was at various points and things like that. You know, why is like, you know, why isn't he looking for bigger titles? Like this all Atlantic title, why does it even exist? What is the, the purpose? What is the point of it? Just and, Atlantic Championship. And it just clogged up this TV show. This match, if this match wasn't there and you didn't know it was originally booked to be on there and taken off, would you have missed it? No. Unless you were live and you wanted to see Orange Cassidy, which is fair enough. I completely get it. But it ultimately doesn't make for a better TV show when you could have given more time to the main event. And at the same time, you could have had, um, like, uh, I don't know, um, like vi- some of those great video packages they used in order to kind of build up the main event and stuff like that. They could have used instead that they never fucking use because it can only ever be on YouTube. So yeah, always an issue as I watch Scotland take a two, one lead here through a, through a handball. So I'm a bit pissed off, but there you go. 
Well, outside, outside of that, and I can already get people uh, mm. screaming at the uh, need more video packages to explain to the casual fans, do you? I mean, it would just make it a more digestible show, I think is what we're saying, pacing-wise, and, uh, you know, they do it on the stories well. Well, they like the sports TV. All sports TV uses video packages and stuff. So it's like football focus, any kind of football... T- baseball, NFL, they all use these kind of pre-take packages. They're normally quite good. And then they'll go back to the studio and a bit like that, you know, gives you a bit of time to kind of breathe. You need those like kind of, it's a better show for it, but yeah. I'll say one place, like I said earlier, they did do that and they give some time to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. the, uh, she said on Twitter today, you pronounce it Soraya. Um, she also said my boyfriend is innocent. Oh, wait, no, she didn't post that. Um, <laughs> the, the former page uh, debuted um, at the mm-hmm. end of Tony Storm with, with a uh, win and a four-way that was just fine. Three-star four-way, I would say, with uh, Serena Athena and, uh, <laughs> and Britt Baker. Uh, yeah, uh, page coming in, um, Soraya. As a, depends what's going to happen. Um, mm. I, can't, I find it hard to believe she signed this big money deal to come in and isn't going to wrestle. Like Meltzer basically said in the Observer, it's, she's not yet been cleared, but hopes to be cleared. Yeah. I kind of feel like, get a clear first before you give her a lot of money. Uh, I know she's a big Twitch star and she's got a load of Twitch followers and Twitch Twitter followers and Instagram followers and is a genuine big name. Like she's the type... We've had this conversation before about the women's division. Like, there's a multitude of reasons why this women's division has never got off the ground. Chief of it is probably Tony Khan's lack of interest in a women's division. But in general, mm-hmm. you know, the difference at the start of AEW was you could, you know, you weren't building a men's division off indie workers. You were building a men's division off at the at least at the tippy top. You had Moxley, you had Jericho, you had Omega, to an extent. You know, as far as like you know, big names on on US TV. The women's division, you know, Britt Baker became the star, but they didn't have that baked in already a star to kind of get them going. She would have been perfect then. Um, bringing her in now, presuming she's wrestling. Dunno, I'm split on it. I think she's a big star, and I think, you know, she will bring eyeballs. Um, and, you know, I, I generally speaking, quite like Paige, but I don't know, it feels a bit like mid-10s NXT is kind of her level as far as being able to wrestle. She was never... You know, she wasn't in there with Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair and, you know, on Bailey of that level. She was always that, always in a good to give the women time, three star, 3.25 star match wrestler. Like, is she going to be able to keep up, you know, with with, um, with with whatever you think of the standard of wrestling in the AW women's division? Um, especially after all this time off, if they can stitch her back together, I think, uh, to wrestle. I think. The wheels might well come off when they actually put her in a ring. I don't think people people remember because she's like that anti diva character, like AJ was. People remember yeah. her as this like work rate women's wrestler. Comes from a you know a wrestling family. Blah 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 blah. But I think the truth was she was never really that good anyway. So is she going to match yeah, she can- right now? She came through at a time when they're really like she completely stood out, particularly because of the look when she was in NXT, and that was the thing that kind of got her really up to the main roster and got that kind of following when they had that kind of hardcore fan base, like that, that NXT fan base who were like kind of like really into it. And it kind of would drive things in a way, but I'm like you, she was never like, you know, if I say think of the great page matches, I'm struggling. None come off the top of my head. She was, she was something maybe the people rave about. Something yeah, but you know, yeah, not enough. But it's not sticking in my head. Like I'm not thinking about it. You ask me about Charlotte. You ask me about Becky. You ask me about Sasha. You know, Bailey. 
I know, I know what's going on there. Like that's the kind of thing where I think to myself, you know, I, I know that they're, they're the big matches they've had. I never saw that necessarily with Paige. They did it right in terms of the pop they gave. I'm not as convinced when I see like the idea of they bring in such and such and they've got this much in terms of social media, it's like, well, how are they using social media? There's Shaq before and he didn't tweet or put anything on Instagram really about AEW. Not talking about how great it was or multiple clips of it and you can watch it on TNT. There was none of that kind of stuff that was there. Like I didn't see, you know, so I'm not always convinced about how that's going to translate in that, in the most practical way. I think she'll bring a certain amount of that fan base with her, but if she's not doing anything of any real interest and bringing her in, I mean, I think the expectancy is that she will be cleared because it's the same process that an edge has gone through a Christian and Danielson have gone through. Yeah, to do this angle, like, and you know, science has moved on. You know, Edge came back, unfortunately. You know, Brian came back, fortunately. You know, there's a, uh, you know, I, I, my bet would be she's coming back because otherwise, yeah, why'd you have a clear the ring? You know, why'd you not? She's going to be like some kind of GM or she's just there to make up the numbers on a total divas equivalent that AEW is, uh, is going to be doing mm. with, uh, with Turner. You know, why'd you, why'd you debut her this way? I think you've got to assume she's wrestling. Um, but yeah, but the jury's out on how well she'll wrestle. Did you see her, uh, a dumbass fucking brother, um, tweeting his own made up? I did. <laughs> Is it all elite <laughs> graphic? I'm not even saying which one it was. I'm scared. Desperate, I'm scared of them. I don't want them to come after me. That uh, a dad still follows me on Twitter from back in the UK fan forum days, so I don't want to get a uh, oh fuck get chased down by the the, the knights. But like, no, that was fucking desperately. Stick to uh, to drinking your to necking your pints outside the pub like you did in the documentary, mate. It's not uh, it's not <laughs> happening for you, Ricky Knight Junior. Maybe yeah. Uh, and the rest yeah. is <laughs> your time is he would be the one of main interest to me yeah yeah like definitely um yeah I, well, but we've seen this with the aw women's division the problems aren't just like bringing such and such a star because there's a law of diminishing returns what are you going to do with them it's like you said about before there hasn't been as much of an interest in terms of the booking and and other things many- from it Red hair, how many how many conversations we have? Oh, so and so's come in now. Ruby Soho turned up, Tony Storm turned up. This is a star of a different level. But like how many times have we had okay, Athena turned the women's up. division is gonna is gonna be no. important and great and whatever. And and I think when I watched this match, like I went three stars on it because I, again, I'll say this, I think Athena's actually quite good. Hmm. I think she is. I think the problem is is that she's not good enough in any one particular area in order to stand out. I think that's that's kind of like an, an issue there but nothing says you have no direction for the women's division in a multi-woman match when you've just done one on a pay-per-view like that just says we don't really have any direction we're just putting people in there and hoping to kind of get a reaction and throw lots of action in so you maintain a tv audience the thing that i think would be interesting and i, I don't know i mean it seemed to be that soraya coming in was positioned to be like say her and Britt baker right. which is a feud that's without the belt which is interesting because they don't really do that in the women's division, do they? Um, the like all of the feuds. Yeah, they all of the feuds always tend to have the belt on them, don't they, in, in some way, shape or form. Or the other belts, um, so there is two at least. Those, finish put those again, watches away. Uh, and, and the finish was absolute shite. Like, it was. It was just like, that was fucking, like, rubbish, really. The show about finishes, it's, wasn't it, so... Yeah, it really was. And again, that's where you come into the kind of quality control stuff. But, you know, her being in there, like it got a pop. People seem particularly excited. Let's see when actually anything happens. Like, because again, we've been down this road. That's why I find it hard to get excited about some of the stuff. Like, you know, the acclaimed winning, because 
I've seen it happen this year. People I like win titles. Nothing happens. Here's something you might be excited about, mate, as we uh, switch over to Rampage, though. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sure you did. You oh. see the did you see the spoiler before you uh, you rewatched it, mate? Uh, oh yeah, your good mate, Muta uh, is, is in. Great, great Muta Sting. It, we're building off to the end of the Yeah, well, six man. He Japan, is, Japan, and I probably. think he's probably going to be involved at full gear, isn't it? In some sort of six, like he'll be a six man. He'll be there with Sting and Darby, Darby oh, Allen. Fucking world. Sting can walk. Muta can't. Like there is that. <laughs> I will say he put more work into that dragon screw leg whip than it I have seen. It great. Him. It did. It was fucking it did. I was so, I that was, was so, great. that was the moment where I was gutted like that. You know, after, to be honest, after Dynamite, I kind of felt like I wanted a little bit more. I would, I would have, if, if, if Rampage was on live, then I probably would have watched it and enjoyed it a lot more than I did, you know, watching it cold two days after. But the biggest negative was seeing all those excited tweets come through where, where people live in the building and eventually it, it got spoiled within about five minutes um, that it was uh, it was Muta that was the, the thing people were talking about in Hush Toads. Oh, I'm so sad I didn't get to see that. I would have laughed so much. Like, I don't know if that's the reaction they want, but fucking great Muta and Sting doing a little stare down and, uh, and hug in, uh, in AW. <laughs> Uh, in, that's the positive of Tony Carney or book things like that <laughs> yeah and in this particular match with these particular wrestlers like I think it was fine because in some ways it just sort of closed the loop on because I'm pretty much assuming that's the end of House of Black but it also closes the loop on um, the whole kind of mist thing because we haven't got Malachi Black and, and anyone else anymore in there but like I, I was watching this thinking like the table bumps in this match are a discussion point in and of themselves because the one that Sting took and he banged his head, I like went, oh, fucking hell. Like that was horrible. The Julia Hart one where she just seemed to miss the table entirely, just like land on the concrete against space. Like, oh my God. Are you saying this is a negative battle? Because I really enjoyed all that. No, everything everything about this match, I just kind of, like, I find myself just laughing, really. Um, and like Sting just coming out with Julia Hart, like climbing on his back as he's like fighting with Buddy Buddy that Matthews. Visual, I like that. That's great stuff. And that's the thing about this: like they deliver on a trope with Sting and Darby Allen matches. And in a lot of ways, Darby Allen is one of these wrestlers who should be like moving on really at, at, at this stage. But Sting makes it fun because he has absolutely no business whatsoever at his age with spinal stenosis. I might add doing these kind of matches, these kind of bumps, semi-regularly. This is, when he retires, it's like, in some ways, it has to happen pretty soon. I don't know when they're going to do it. There comes a point where it's like, you need to do the Sting-Darby-Allen match, passes the torch. It's the If he's only losing to one person, AEW, I think he will. I think that's, that. like, as a way of writing him out, I think that would be it. There comes a point where, what other good terms is he going to leave on? Because the goodwill he has had... (laughs) I mean, uh, maybe too going, sad. I love that little relationship. Maybe that's the point. He's 62, mate. <laughs> like, come on. Like, it's not Who fair to him. Derby? He's four years older than Muta. <laughs> four years. And some of those Muta matches I have seen. I mean, I will say this. I think it's a great get for Noah to get Sting over for a match in Japan that oh, I'm assuming is again is... It's going to be a tag. He was up for Muta's retirement match, but he wasn't up for Flair's. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know Flair's for you. What about that? <laughs> yeah, and he was, he was up. Yeah, he's he's up for it as well. But I think that'll be a big deal. When was the last time Sting was in Japan? Yeah, it's cool. I like, watch that. Any, watch that live. He's commentating. I watch that. Yeah, 
Exactly. And I think the fact it's a tag suggests, oh, that's fine. That's where Muta should be. You, he can do a couple of spots. I'm not even sure he can do a couple of spots, but there we are. Um, but yeah, um, but that made me laugh as well as I think the next match in it. Yeah. Rampage. I started off watching Rampage. I think I was in a pretty good mood. I, I loved the I next one as well. I've got to say, I loved it. I could like, yeah. I don't know if I got four stars on it, but like, I did fucking really had a great time watching it. It was, it was, was the in- car crash elements. They've got those. Yeah. That's what the, it was almost like the pay per view just gone. Like, you know, that fucking throwaway tag these they all had. That wasn't what the pay per view needed at that point because it was a real lull on the show and it was really badly placed. If they were just going to do a straight tag, it should have been the fucking, you know, second or third out or whatever. Like, this was the match we want to see. These daft, stinging derby, like, stunt filled tags. Fucking love them. Like, I, yeah, this is, this is probably my favorite. I, I, I say what Dynamite, I think maybe Cesaro Jericho is probably the best match. Claudio Jericho is probably the best match overall, but this was probably the most fun yeah. I had over the two shows. I thought this was great. They did, I have to say, the action Bronson stuff. Like, I kind of went in there. Like, Do you know I who thought he is? This... Have, you, have you heard the name no, before? No idea. I didn't, mate. Working is I don't know any of I don't know who DJ Wookid is. I don't know who <laughs> West Side Gun is. I don't know who Trina is. I don't know who Action Bronson is. I asked my girlfriend these questions. She wasn't too sure. She goes, I think I've heard you talk about him. And it's like, oh yeah, but you only would have heard me talk about him because he's appearing on this. So it's like, what's the point? You're not um, talking a chart chopping like, you know, household name rapper over in New York. Oh, the oh, just weird they kind of gave him this. I loved spot. him. Yeah, and to be to his part, I mean, he did too many shoulder blocks, but uh, you know, it's like that was the one movie learned, <laughs> as commonly pointed out. <laughs> when in doubt, just run, yeah. run fucking hard, bounce into them because he's a big lad. And what do you know what? Really well? It was the it was the power slam, wasn't it? Like I was, he did the he did that better than yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, good. he did. It did look good. I give him that. I, I love a running power slam. Like it's a criminally underrated move. Like at times, <laughs> it's never used nearly enough. Um, and that's not nothing to do with Davy Boy Smith either. But I I fucking like I, I found myself laughing the end stretch when they both put on the um the the was it red rum? Hmm. That's what he calls it when they both put it on at the same time. I sat there laughing and they're both tapping at the same time. You can see Angelo Parker looking over, so they tapped at it. I know that's not the best use of... of no, um that's fine, though, because they're the only people who can get away with I was going to say, the only yeah. people who can get away with this. Like, if anything, yeah. it adds to their heat. They've got to... Don't such lose anything. Charisma, you know... It, I mean, it's Matt Menard, the tag team, is now Angelo Parker's the other guy. Like, he's, you know... Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's basically, you know, Matt Menard's the whole personality of this team, and he can... They can talk, and they already have talk their way out of this and use it for heat and it worked really well um liam's uh, calling our action bronson talk shameful by the way in the chat says he's uh probably more known for uh fuck that's delicious on vice kind of looks like bray wyatt in many ways I, like, to, is what I got i'm just it. bitter liam that he bit ghostface killer style and uh ghostface is still uh, angry about you close your eyes you can't hear which one of them is no. action bronson but anywho uh, but yeah i i think it was fun for what it was i just question you know yeah make you know is action bronson the celebrity you wanted to do this with but you know no. it worked in the building like you say them two will lose nothing of it if anything they'll gain you know it worked you know at the end of that that's all you can uh that's all you can really say he wasn't as dom says here not quite up to bad boy standards but he wasn't it wasn't terrible yeah i don't think his rapping was necessarily shy i think you know many rappers are great live it was more the music was really low it was strange mm. way to uh to do it but Okay, you get it got over and done with. Uh, any thoughts on uh, War Joe against uh, Tony Neeson uh, and Josh Woods? 
<laughs> um, Tony Nese and Josh Woods are like the same wrestler, aren't they? Like, just it's like they are cloned. Like, as an old one and a young. I one. like Josh Woods though. <laughs> I liked him in Ring of Honor. I have a time for him. If there was a separate Ring of Honor promotion and he was in it, which isn't really a thing at the moment, then I'd be fine with him and Tony Nese being in there. I wouldn't have an issue with it. At least, at least this ultimately was a a kind of a squash, but it had that weird stuff with Wardlow's leg which they seem to play into it and then wasn't a thing at the end. And it was like, okay. And then you wonder, are you going to do anything with Wardlow and Joe? It's like, mm, are you going to do that? Then you need to take the belt really off Joe in order for that they to kind cool of work out. as a match. As a very, tag uh, team. Felt very Joe and Nick Aldis. Yeah. As a, as a tag team, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then I thought, but you should be using Wardlow in a more interesting way. It suggests you've got nothing to do with him. It's like, he's the TNT champion, but I'm there thinking, could you put him in a tag team with Samoa Joe? And I shouldn't be thinking like that. I should be thinking, how is he going to have those hot feuds that build him up to him dropping that title and becoming like going for the world title or doing a Goldberg challenging as TNT title? So you've got like him versus MJF on a pay-per-view, title for title which I think you could do if after full gear, do that a revolution. That would be, that'd be a ballsy move for them to do. But I think there's, there's value in that. And it doesn't feel like we're near that. It felt like they needed to have them on the card. So they had them on the card together and they can get away with squashing the, you know, they say, Oh, well they've won the last six matches in a row. And it's like, I'm stunned. They've, they've tagged together seven times. They've had the opportunity <laughs> to tag together seven times. How many matches they rest at dark taking what four matches a night. And they do it like that's mental. I'm, I'm with David and what he said in the chat here that hiding Joe in a tag team is the way to go. Yeah, because he just yeah he looks. I've never seen him. I look just so constantly knackered. Like just he's standing next to Wardlow, let Wardlow do the power bombs. That kind that part worked. Him and I, Hook. Yeah, I think they are leading to a match though. I think they're gonna be. It's gonna be TNT mm. champion versus TV champion. I think that's exactly because everyone's got a belt. So you know that's the way, that's the way we're going. Eliminate going. the TV belt. Yeah. If I mean, you haven't got TV, why do you need a TV belt? I think that's probably where it's gone. I, but I thought they were cool coming out. Like, I thought it looked, yeah. both of them in green, you know, as a team. And so, like I say, Joe's uh, got form for having unlikely tag teams that work well. Like I say, see Nick Aldis. Um, yeah. But I, I don't disagree with your, your assessment that it's not the uh, the best thing for uh, for Wardlow. Um, although, yeah, if, if it is leading to a singles match, Joe puts him over strong, which is probably Joe's mm. place in the world now. Maybe that maybe that's good. Better focus, uh, and if that if that's the way it turns out, um, that would feel meaningful. Hmm. Where else do you want to go? Last elsewhere on the show, do you want to keep going in order? We can bang out thoughts oh. as our interest lowers as the show went on. Oh, see, Jungle Boy Phoenix oh, was the moment when I tapped much. out. I was like, in, if yeah. you in isolation, if there wasn't the other four hours, and you just told me Jungle Boy and Phoenix was happening on a show, I'd be like, yeah, I'd be good that. And this was probably good, but I just didn't care. <laughs> it's like, Mate, you know, we smashed through the entrances, we got to the ring, and then they were doing spots, and then it went really long for what it was, and Jericho was even pointing on the commentary how long it went. I I think I think this Crowd match died at times. just wasn't engaged yeah. in it, and it was a bit odd use of Phoenix, like I said earlier, considering he's the very important six-man champion to be losing again. <laughs> Nothing wrong with wrestlers losing, but, you know, maybe he shouldn't be in that position. Maybe that's another reason why everyone shouldn't have a fucking belt. Um, yeah. Notable mainly for the Jungle yeah. with Christian stuff afterwards. I don't know. Did you enjoy the match more than me? I think, Whoa. I think, again, I don't disagree. I think, you know, looking at it scientifically, it was a good match. I think. Well, I mean, I was looking forward to Ray Phoenix versus Jack, Jack Perry, Jack, yeah. Jack, Jack Perry, Jack, Jack, Jack. Um, yeah, JR definitely won because I thought that was the big story. It was like Jack Perry. Is that his name? 
I wasn't too sure about it, but they were d- definitely hammering that fucking home as well, which was kind of a distraction. I, like you, it was like I watched this match point and I thought this is a this is a good match. The problem is, is it's just the wrong placement on the wrong show at like the wrong time for this crowd who looked like they're already like three and a half hours, four hours in, like fucking knackered. Like I don't blame them for you know. I think they got them back a bit with the chest lap exchanges. I'm probably a little bit higher than you on necessarily the match as well. And then like say notable for the Christian stuff afterwards and then, you know, and, and Luchasaurus and the like. And I think that's, I'm, I'm again, like kind of fine with that. We said like, this is weirdly a feud that we wanted to come to a head. And then when it kind of did, it's like, no, we want to sit for longer. Not have, not have the blow off feud, have like the proper feud bit kind of dragging on. However, like, you know, it, it did feel like he, but we've seen this iteration of this kind of angle before. So it's not like we saw we we saw or heard anything from Christian that felt like magically different. I don't mind that so much. What worries me, like, because I, you know, shot myself with how much I love, you know, the angle on angle slash match on the night with Christian smashing through Jungle Boy. If Christian's really out for eight months, like I'm, I might rewind my praise of that because like that praise was built on the fact that Jungle Boy would get his revenge. Like if we're gonna wait eight months for it, that's a long fucking time. Let's hope that 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 reporting isn't true and he's not gonna be out as long mm. as Punk was gonna be in injury wise. I know they can use. I imagine full gear. The Luchasaurus will be the match, won't it? And we'll delay to the next pay per view, maybe Revolution, as far as doing Jungle Boy and Christian, but. Yeah, but if it's going to be too long, I think Jungle Boy looks a bit like a schmuck, really, um, based off the, uh, yeah. interview, um, the way they did it, as much as I loved it on the night. Um, also, they need to change Luchasaurus's name. He can't be fucking Luchasaurus if he's going to be a heel oh. um, monster. <laughs> we need to, uh, yeah. We need, I don't know what you could come up with. That's the problem. There isn't an easy change, because Lucha's stupid and Saurus is stupid, so you can't even keep one element of the name. Um, but <laughs> that's another uh, point that I'd make on that. Yeah, like, just take the mask off. Like really, like it's it's you know they've done that gimmick to death. It was fine. It kind of got him over. If he's ever going to move on, then this is the next thing they definitely have to do. Like you, you know, mask, you need to mask, mask on him, but it doesn't have to be just doesn't have to be so silly, luchery, lucha dinosaur way. It yeah, just keep down. It's the dinosaur loose. shit, isn't it? That's the problem here. Mm, just a yeah, I, I, a heel. exactly. And but we're a long way off that Christian match of like the real, like kind of, that's the thing as well as we've, it's like this feud is going to have to last for quite a long time, isn't it? As well. Yeah. That's the problem. Cause we're looking like eight months for Christian. Is that about right? That's yeah. Like I was saying, then that's kind of my guess. If it's the same injury as Punk, mm. which is what was reported. Yeah. Maybe they know something we don't and it's going to be sooner. Um, speaking of feuds going a long way, uh, Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara. This is where the, uh, the referees got involved. I think, my interest peaked a bit here with this because I did as much as I want this to be of already be over and I just didn't think with the way they talked down the real life beef I don't think the juice was there for the squeeze with doing this match now like there was a time mm. where you could have used the real life stuff to to build he for a match but I think we've all kind of we're all over it now aren't we as far as like oh Eddie Kingston really slapped Sammy backstage but whatever they did the match and I loved the brutality of the finish and I loved how definitively it felt Eddie was going over. I was like, cool, brilliant, let's all move on. The whole thing afterwards with the finish getting reversed, and we think, oh, we're not moving on, are we? Like, <laughs> he's going to be in this fucking mire with Sammy Guevara for even longer. Like, I just, uh, 
Yeah, poor, poor Eddie. Like I just feel he was even saying it in the promos. Fantastic, by the way. That's where that Jamesy tweet came from, and what you were talking yeah. earlier with video packages. That sit down where he was in the vest and he was all fucking COVID distressed, uh, giving Sammy Guevara with both barrels. I fucking love that. Would have liked to have seen a bit more of that on on the TV. But yeah, I kind of thought it be over and it sounded like from the promos he was like almost disappointed he's gone from a Jericho feud to a Sammy feud I don't see a route back to the Jericho feud now that he's ROH champion he's never getting that win back and I really just really hope it's not carrying on is my main takeaway from the from the I fear uh, it is I know I fear it is I I fear it is carrying on sadly um it's and I'm not even sure if he's going to ultimately be the victor in this because it appears to be they love this story, telling the story, and I understand the appeal of it. You tell the story of Eddie Kingston nearly, man. Nearly get so far, but his contemporaries got that bit further in their career. They got the world titles. They got the main events. They have the kind of sheen and looking at it and everything else. And I love the idea of Eddie Kingston being the kind of antithesis of all of that, but weirdly him being more authentic than kind of all of them for it. And then you build, when he does win a title, it means like a fucking big deal. It just feels like he's being wasted. That's where I kind of feel with, with this. He's in here, he's being wasted. The idea of this excessive violence, like, oh, this was the straw that broke the camel's back, is it? Yeah. After all manner, manner of attacks and everything else, Eddie Kingston. And it felt like we have to include something screwy in order to turn around on it. Unless the plan is to have Eddie Kingston basically rebelling against the system. That's the best case scenario they do with this, where it's like, right, I'm just going to, you know, I'm sick of being screwed. But we've got another iteration of that character being screwed over by the company and deciding to kind of do things their own way. We've kind of had, you know, you have that, that so much. I think he's just been, I think he is what he is. I, we're all fantasy book and world title runs yeah. and miracle runs and stuff I think it's ever happening for him unfortunately but they uh, they booked him in a world title challenge and they booked him credibly on a pay-per-view that drew good numbers hmm. for the time and everything else like you know didn't lose anything compared to that like you know I think it was the same as like bloody Moxley versus Jericho for Christ's sakes in terms of pay-per-view buys and the rest so I think there is inherent value in Eddie King's like in Eddie, you can do it once, but then I say this with like Tom Hiroishi, you can do that big run in that company kind of once. That's as far as you can go, and you can't really go any further with it. So, but yeah, whether it'll actually happen, I think you sadly you're probably right. He's pegged where he is, and that's you know, it's a bit of a shame. And to say on Jaden Diamante or the Golden Ticket Battle Royal absolute waste of time for both of them <laughs> as well, like complete waste of time. Come on. What's your favourite Trina song, JP? I don't know. The only Trina I can think of is Trina Gulliver, who used to be like the women's world women's darts champion. But I don't think anyone's thinking of that. Who who is Trina? Female rapper, never really had any I don't think had any big hits. Some people might ask who's Diamante. Because that was completely out of the blue. And it was like, well, there's no doubt what's happening here. And I kind of guessed what the ending would be. And I thought, well, they're not going to want to make the celebrity look bad because she decided to back Diamante over Jade Cargill, which was never going to happen. And then lo and behold, you know, <laughs> more Katrina in the, in the waves. <laughs> that's a Katrina. Well, we've got Katrina, a plethora of music we can go there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, my God, like... I just thought this was a short, rough match that didn't need to be there. 
Yeah, enough about and the battle, battle royal. <laughs> oh, you could say the, the same. <laughs> okay. Why do they like? This is why they're doing away with the rankings. We've got two contenders. One of whom wins it on a battle royal, and it's Hangman winning again because I'm sure he's won another one of these before, hasn't he? In the pretty much the same scenario, like hasn't he won a battle royal before to get a number one? contendership or did i fucking dream that because it feels like that happens quite a lot certainly recently it's like you can i don't know battle royals are you know in the famous words of scott keith i don't rate battle royals it is not a it's not a you know a match type that's ever gonna you know be a five-star match there have been no but when it's special and it's every now and then and it's unique it's cool but when it's like the 18th one you've seen this year it's like it's just watching it's watching lads in a car park like at a Brit Res show yeah. you know ooh is he going to go over the top rope there's, not, there's only so much you can do to make these things entertaining yeah. uh, I was raw funny yeah it does I don't, we, you mentioned it earlier I don't I don't think they need to prescribe to the to the ranking system you know like it's black and white um, there are holes in it in logic wise where you pr- probably shouldn't hold off on FTR as long as they have because you just mm-hmm. you can't as long as there's plausible deniability ah well you know they were second or third in the rankings there's a reason the first place couldn't have the match so let's go for that I think there's a lot of leeway I will give those rankings because I know from being an ROH fan back in the day like I said earlier they tried so many times to introduce them and it never works and it doesn't work in UFC either at least in a in the black and white fashion that you know maybe some wrestling fans expected to it isn't as simple as number one contender faces world champion mm. all the time but AW have gone so far the other way and that like yeah everyone's got a fucking golden ticket there's already Which, number one contender in MJF like now we got another one UFC them. do that don't know. It's never normally like a lot of the times it isn't a number one contender because sometimes the number one contender just it stylistically means it's going to be a dull fight because it might be just like one of the wrestlers who just gets people down and wins on points decision and because of the record they do really well. So you kind of try and throw in a big name in there to kind of liven it up and and sell it and the rest of it. But yeah, it's very much gone with this now in terms of these rankings and yeah. Like you might, you might as well just do away with them at that point because then that's what'll happen. They'll come back and they'll try them again and they'll fail. And they never just don't work in wrestling. And the dirty secret is they don't actually work that well either. Um, They could work, but there's too many variables with wrestling in order for it to happen, and stuff gets ruined. And you know, I still maintain it could work, but then I kind of think the pure rules could work in theory. In theory, communism works. To quote Homer. (laughs) You know, <laughs> what do you think about Highman winning? And probably, you know, all of all intents and purposes, you know, none of us believe he's actually going to get beat. He's going to beat Moxley, is he? No, um, that's Highman's level in AEW now. Heat him up every now and then. You know, he's never going to be the yeah. guy. I don't think. Um, TV defenses, like if you're going to have someone challenge for the, the title on TV rather than a pay per view or a bash at the belt. That's the role that he seems to be Actually, fitted into. That. That's that's what it should be called. <laughs> is it? What is it normally called? As uh, Battle of the Belts, isn't yeah. it? Bash of the Belts. I like that. Maybe just smashed belts. Just call it that. And they literally just spend two hours melting down at least four of the fuckers and going right. <laughs> they're done. We're retconning them out. They never happened, and we just move on from that point. Ah, uh, it, it's you know it, him being number. Like, of the people who were there, and it, it suffered from the, like you mentioned all the problems with Battle Royals, just suffered from the problem that who credibly was going to win this. Like, and in many ways, part of the problem is you've already had Roosh versus John Moxley. Otherwise, you'd have thought, well, that could be kind of interesting. Roosh is motivated until he signs that big money deal, in which case he's downing tools the day that fucking happens as well. I've got an idea for who could have won this. You could have just not booked it. 
How about that? Yeah. <laughs> well, did you need these people on the card? If you, this match wasn't on the card, would you have missed it? Would you have missed it if really pretty much... I mean, I know there would be some people wanting to see the Dark Order as well. You know, is that it ultimately? But like, it, it was just like Brian Cage turned up, like who's still inexplicably signed, who, you know... I don't know if that's an option deal on the side to take it up. It just feels like a punishment. Daniel Garcia was in there, just like kind of completely, after being the focal point for so many weeks of kind of like television, just in there as well. But we're going to be getting lots of Ring of Honor based kind of um, sports entertainment stuff, aren't we? All the sports entertainers in, in Ring of Honor, Benno, the way you intended. Also, the get rid of all the belts and have a big tournament. Like I can picture just one the, tournament. I can picture the uh, the Drake meme with a uh, get rid of all the belts and Tony Khan look, looking looking frowning at the camera, but have a big tournament. Maybe here's the only get rid of all the belts and have one tournament. And that tournament lasts a year. Reset. And at the conclusion <laughs> of the tournament, you then begin next year's tournament, and then you go from there. So the tournament, tournament never ends. Everyone in the tournament gets a belt. <laughs> Winners are losers. <laughs> exactly. Well, imagine what happens when the Owen Hart fucking titles have oh, to be defended as well. You remember them? Yeah, they're a thing. For oh. in case anyone who inexplicably thinks there isn't too many belts on here and that everything involves a belt. Like, there was so much belt-related stuff, even on this show, for God's sakes. Well, to that point... Um, <laughs> Apart from the main event. Allegedly. <laughs> I mean... I kind of half got what I wished for here. <laughs> um, mm. I will say, in uh, in Hobbs and uh, and Starks getting, like, I think my biggest criticism of the pay per view with them was just it was the wrong place for that match. Um, yep, you know, and it just was one of four hundred matches on a show and didn't really get time to mm. to stand out. And I was maybe quietly like, okay, well, at least they're gonna get to main event rampage. And I saw the spoilers and was like, okay, at least it's. You know, it's the it's getting prior to place there. Unfortunately, yeah. it also took place on a show with a lot of fucking matches. <laughs> gonna, twelve. The live crowd. This match was on it. Felt burnt out. I felt burnt out. Um, as yeah. far as it, you know, it's kind of like I think it was it was GTR sixty three on on Twitter. I was going back and forth <laughs> with. Um, you know, talking about Rampage being overstuffed this week, and I was a little bit defensive of them, going, "Well, yeah, but at the same time, it's two hours. You can get away with it." No, he turned out to be right, and Starks and Hobbs ended up in the same problem they did before, where it's very hard to stand out when there's a lot of other things going on, even if you go on last. Yeah, um, yeah my interest was uh, was pretty low for this, and yeah, I didn't... Uh, I, I think people out there really enjoyed it. It's got good good grapple rating, so, you know, if we yeah. uh, sound like the miserable old men, there are other people out there who uh, who did very much like, like it. Ricky got his win back. Um, yeah, any thoughts for you on it? I felt sorry for a pair of them is how I felt watching this because all of those reasons you said crowd were burnt out like this match began I think at half past 12 I think at this point I remember like day, like seeing you know a tweet from Davey saying I was off I left like before this was on and it's a shame because if this was headlining a dynamite on a normal week like being like a, a featured match and you went right they're going to have like the conclusion this is going to be the main event in like three weeks time or whatever when they're in Bridgeport, Connecticut. I think that crowd would sufficiently get into it enough because they're kind of characters that I think the AW fan base are invested in. On here, did it need to be on here, on this ramp? I know there's a reason to have like it on there. Was it, did it draw money? Like, and I'm not convinced, like, I think this, this is the kind of thing that would excite, like, as a TV main event in a few weeks, where you think, are oh, they going to get a good bit of time? We're going to really have this done properly. I just felt sorry for them. They came out and the crowd, people would have been leaving. 
not because they hate them or they're not invested in powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks, but it's fucking half 12 and you've got to get the tube home. Well, it's the subway, but you've got to go home because you want to get home till 2am and you're going to be up for work. And what, venues, for... I've heard many live uh, nah. mix of like, yeah, they run these out to town places like they did the outside of Chicago and then, yeah, everyone mm-hmm. has to kind of figure, uh, figure their way home. Uh, sorry, it is. We, we complain about Rev Pro not com- like fucking, you know, fin- not finishing on time at like half past eight on a Sunday or something exactly. like that. Like, Jesus Christ. I was going to say, if I seem a bit distracted, I'm sorry. I've just been uh, been sent this image, JP. Look at this. Motherfucker, Derice. I take back my praise. He's got a Brute Res' Dead t shirt out. <laughs> beat beat us to it. <laughs> Respected to fair me. Play. Motherfucker. Yeah, fair play. Motherfucker. Fair play. Fair play. Yeah, it's Halloween special. Good. Am I, on the, t- am I on the t-shirt? Can I see myself? It, no, but, if it's yeah. shit housery, it's fun. You should be all over it, seeing as you coined the phrase. For God's sakes, like really, if anyone deserves to be on it, then it it should be you. Let's see if it if it's on there. But we're watching for those video viewers. You're going to be seeing this appear on it. Patreon Otherwise, if we go to, for this fantastic. Material. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> on there, but give Derry some money. I know he deserves it. He's look. Again, one of the one of the younger wrestlers coming out, making a name for himself. Like, good, good luck to him. Needs to drop the gimmick. Like, I, had, I mean, I might sound like an old man saying that, mm. but you know, I just feel like there's a, the, the the rapper entrance and all of that stuff is cool. But like, can you see him in a blood food? Like, I think it I, needs, it's mid Carter in it. I haven't seen it with my own eyes. It's over. To be honest with you, so that's why. You so like, it. it's one of those things. Yeah, it's over. Home. So just logically, tell someone to stop doing something that's getting them over. Yeah. And, ridiculous isn't it but mm. uh, I, I, I think it's got a ceiling as the other thing as he gets older and develops. if you evolve it that's the key if you can go into the evolution side of it and then evolve it from there then that would be worthwhile but no I, uh, like with, with this- sorry the, the gravestones on it there's an R.I.P. Pete Dunn R.I.P. Stunners uh, R.I.P. Macardo and R.I.P. Lycos Jim um, yeah there you go Oh, well. All right, no like us, Jim. It's fucking dreaming. But, um, Go on. Go on. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know. Uh, anyway, that's good. No, we're but, talking but, AW, I think, but, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think we are because it, it would just, this being the main event, it's, it sums up all of the problems. If you went through, I, I in terms of all of the people used on this card, between the rappers, the amount of commentators, the amount of wrestlers, the amount of seconds in there as well all of this stuff you look at it and you think my god it just needs like a bit of a cull so you can tell some more focused stories and again it i'm saying it like rampage was a hard watch beyond like when it got into like you say that um the jack perry as we're gonna have to call him now versus phoenix match was the point where i was like kind of mentally tapping out and going i'm watching this because we're going to be talking about this tonight but and dynamite for me i don't find it as an enjoy- no. i don't find it an enjoyable experience watching Rampage it's a b-show two, hour. two hours of it was too much for me i get yeah. once a year i think there's a good justification to do it um, yeah. and yeah and I, like i said to you if it was if you gave me a live stream at even at three AM on Wednesday and gone Rampage is going to start now, I probably would have been more up for it than two days later. Edited with an image of its life, you know, it felt oh. like you know it felt rushed. Even it if felt it like was. dark. 
Yeah, it felt like segment, segment, if, segment, segment. Let's go. If you ever watch uh, Dark, it's like theme music, match, 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 match. Like the odd interview segment, but it's just like bang, bang, bang. Because it is, it's ed- like edited right down. Like you say, it was edited within an inch of its life. And that just that doesn't always make for good TV. It's just cramming in wrestling matches for the sake of it. But I will say, for balance, overall enjoyed Dynamite. I thought Jericho Cesaro was, uh, I keep calling Cesaro, Claudio, was good enough for me, and I thought there were enough big moments on it that I did overall enjoy it, even with the, the criticism. Um, mm. There we are. Another uh, spirited, uh, reasonable AW conversation, JP? I right. think so. It's, well, it'll be missed, because we haven't, because someone will go, we've got a one million gate, and the grapple lad said it's dead. But people are allowed um, to say that, JP, because criticism is fine. That is true. <laughs> they can indeed. You are yeah, free to think. Backed ourselves into a corner. Here. Damn it, we're gonna have to. We have now, much in the same way. Like, I'm free to go. Oh fuck off! I don't <laughs> care. Like Fair. ultimately, <laughs> keep your fucking drama shit to yourself. Go and see a therapist. There uh, we go. Your thumbs up there. Time for Peter Vichak. Carl says no. This is a. I mean, I've seen it. Much to say as far as other stuff we've been watching. Is there anything else you've been watching, JP? Uh, there really hasn't. Like I said in the pre-show, I did start to watch Table for Three. That's desperate when you're getting onto this. <laughs> Table for Three with uh, with uh, the Steiners, Rick and Scott and Bron Brecker. It's not nearly as much fun as you think. Oh, that could be all right. No, it isn't. Not really. It's a man having dinner with his dad and his uncle. That's what it is. And they're just having a chat about man, he is a polite young man, but then again, he realises the uncle, when he fucking loses it, could lose it big time, and he's going to have to hold his shit together, doesn't he? Because he's the one who could ultimately be fired. Otherwise, I was saving some of the stuff, so I want to watch said some All Japan I want to see, um, like coming on to it, where I want to see, because uh, they ran Budokan recently, outdrew Noah, Stardom, and... Uh, most New Japan outside of like G1 Climax Final and big show stuff. Drew like nearly 5,000, um, which isn't the heyday of the early 90s, but hey-ho. So I do want to see that. There's still the Victory Road stuff. We've got Bound for Glory in like two weeks. I think it's like October 8th. So it's a weird to have this kind of show on there, but I enjoy watching those Impact shows. So there'll be a point where I'm watching that. MLW is back this week, baby. So you've got a bit of that down on there. Um what a letdown. Well, PWA was only on last night. I think he's talking about here, PWA cherries all that with Cherry <laughs> Stevens going for the soul of PWA title. I haven't seen mate. I haven't seen it. There's only so many hours in nobody the day. Else. The, uh, no, nobody else. But it's also as well, because um, it's the Kenta Miyahara was versus Naya Nomura on the 19th afterwards. And Naya Nomura is back in all Japan, which I know you could give less of a shit about. But I am genuinely, it's... It, he's good, so I'm intrigued oh, to see him back into the mix. Yeah, I would uh, totally agree. Uh, Simon says, "Stop making things up, JP." Always, <laughs> <laughs> I just get accused of it anyway. But ML MLW's back. I My watch, boy Hammer. I watched SmackDown. If you want to hear about that, JP, with the uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I It's funny because it's like you like it. Well, you get the, you know, we go in on AEW, and then it's like, listen. How many times do I say that, like, WWE's been bad for 20 years? I mean that when I say it. Overall, it's been bad. Overall, WWE is still bad. I'll say that at the, at the top. Overall, it's improved. It's more logical. It's more organized. It's booked by a grown-up now. It's still not that good. I still don't enjoy the in-ring style for the most part. still don't enjoy the mm-hmm. presentation of a lot of the acts. There's still bad booking here, here and there. You know, Solo Sokoa, like, losing the... 
NXT North American title, even though he defended Why? it on TV last week. There was no good reason to do that. There's loads of things like that that are just they're still they're still you know just because Triple H is in charge doesn't mean it's um you know all of a sudden you know this fantastic fucking you know mid two thousands ROH quality product this you know twenty tens New Japan this you know couple of years ago uh, AEW even it's uh you know it's still got all of the you know not all of the problems but still got a lot of problems. The way yeah. things I enjoyed on the show, you know, I can I can absolutely I say I wasn't tuning in JP to find out if the rabbit was Bray Wyatt. Um Fiend Watch, as uh, Andy says here, like fuck me. <laughs> but they are absolutely there are absolutely Reddit groups and it, like I literally my little cousin sent me a DM asking while we were recording, asking what was uh, going on with Bray Wyatt. That those we converted him, mate. Bro- Braun What's Strowman. But, uh, I'm trying. Braun Strowman is a great example. Like I watched SmackDown. Braun Strowman, completely as far as I was concerned, devalued himself coming out and doing control your narrative. Looks like a fucking knobhead in his red pants. What's he wearing? Done nothing but mess around with fucking goobers on Raw and SmackDown since he's come back. Those fans don't care. He is a megastar. Like the poppy got on SmackDown for fucking squashing fucking Gable and the fat one, Otis, whatever he was doing. Like people love him. Matty loves him. You know, Matty tweeted Strowman in capital letters on SmackDown. You know, whatever. The Bray is the same, same thing but bigger. Those dying the wall hardcore to be fans fucking love them, and they are eating this stuff. The fact that there's QR codes in the background on SmackDown right. and leading you to web pages that tell you to watch. You know that it's in the fucking town that Raw's in next week, and you know there was even you know there was the whole night was it nine twenty three thing where people thought so people thought Bray was coming back on that rando SmackDown last night at nine twenty three because of something that was written on one of those rabbit things. They're putting flyers on people's cards, JP. People are eating it up though. Like he didn't say. Up. Instead, you got people eat up QAnon, mate. People are stupid. <laughs> well, speaking of which, fucking carrying costs and uh, and Scarlet fucked up a fireball spot, and that's what you got at nine twenty three on SmackDown. It'll probably tie into the Bray stuff. They're probably making a big fucking spooky stable that are all going to debut on Halloween, and oh, um, that's probably the route this is going. Those people, I see this law stuff, mate. Love it, I don't. Do. It's not us, but like it's never gonna be us. Like at least it's happened. Let let fucking Tommy Tommy Belling go out and do that. That's his fucking dream. He can be part of yeah. a fiend stable in uh, in WWE. Let him. Um, yeah, the fact that he wasn't there is probably is a positive, as uh, as Ivan says. But fuck me, like that. It that's what the, that fan base wants. So that's what they're giving them. Um, but I will, the thing I did enjoy in the show, like honestly, this Sami Zayn Roman Reigns stuff, I. I think it's so triad when people try and pretend like Roman Reigns isn't good. Like he is, like he is, like he's had. Yeah. You know, his character work is good. I as a really... face, we didn't like him. That was the kind of the problem, really. Well, I mean, I think we're past that discourse, but I think a lot oh, of it's we're, like, we're way past that. Yeah, you know, and in in the pandemic, there was a lot of like you know, it was it's been a holding pattern, and I think the bloodline mm-hmm. stuff does move really slowly. And like I, I, I see the criticism that a lot of SmackDown episodes rolled into one another, and there just a bit, mate. There isn't much bear move. What was that? It's the same fucking story for ages, it is. mate. <laughs> I don't disagree with that, but where I do yeah. disagree is I do think Reigns is a top tier performer, and I do think you know, yeah. like the. I get if it's not for you, it's not for you. But the stuff with Sami Zayn's been brilliant. Like it is the two of them. Him as locker room leader, is that right? Yeah, tribal chief, isn't he? Um, You know, (laughs) no, but Sami Zayn saying he's the locker room leader on SmackDown and stuff like that, isn't he? 
Yeah, well, you know, I don't love all of it, but like, I think that their interactions, they, the roof is going to blow off when Sami Zayn ends up um, getting turned on by Roman and that, or stands up for himself. Like, at its core, it is a good wrestling story, and there is a good match in it. We forget Sami Zayn is one of the best baby faces in the history of wrestling. Yeah. Like, I think the last few years, he's been pretty much semi-retired. But when he wants to turn it on, he can still turn it on. That's going to be a great match. Like, I, I, the, the other segment this week where it was just, you know, they threatened to kick out the bloodline, rip Sami's shirt off, and it you know, it was similar stuff to what they've been doing, but Sammy's acting in the moment was very good for for wrestling levels. Ooh. Bear in mind, I'm not saying he could go and acting in a you know in a budget indie somewhere, but he is. You know, he is good. At Him in Knoxville was great, mate. <laughs> he's still he's he's good at emoting and playing that character, and he's very sympathetic. And that moment where you thought his heart was broken was very good. And I'm getting shit in the chat now, but I really enjoyed that. And I thought it was like. Yeah, you know, they, they did the whole thing where they gave him his own T-shirt and he's all made up with himself. But, you know, they had a great, they had a good little segment as well backstage where the, the the dynamic they've got with, like, you know, one of the Usos loves him, the other one fucking hates him, wants to murder him. They're both playing that role really good. Solo, like, is backing him up. Like, there was a great segment where uh, Sami Zayn was getting bullied backstage by a couple of a couple of goobers and he came and saved him. And Sami was all made up with himself. He said, he said to, when, he, when, when Solo beat the shit out of Ricochet, he was like, oh, I was about to do that. Like, he's very good at that comic timing. Yeah. And they're all really entertaining as individual segments. But, yeah. At the moment it turns and the moment they do that, it's gonna be good stuff. I've got faith in them to, to to at least pay that off well and it to be a big match and do, do, you, do Owens and Zayn against the you know the Usos do you know Zayn. I wonder if you do that mania. So yeah, he'd make a as Carl said, he'd make a very good uh slapstick uh comedian. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a great match when it happens, and yeah, I enjoy their segments. That's all I wanted to say. I've gone on too long about it, but you know, whatever. I enjoyed it. Sorry. I I get that. I mean, I haven't heard that. I didn't hear flagship in terms of the. Uh, I haven't the, heard that yet. No. The, the the Roman Reigns. I mean, the problem is, is it's incredibly stale because they've created a scenario where he can't be beaten, and we're just killing time until manias. So it's like, who can you put in there with him? Who's going to perhaps even have anything remotely entertaining? I think you said oh. before it looks like him versus Owens at like I don't know if they're going to do that Survivor Series or is that the kind of the match that you have him have at the Royal Rumble? you know, that that type of stuff in there. I mean, I think, like, if you're going to elevate people to kind of fill spaces, like, they, you know, the way they used to have, they used to have Brian do it and they used to have AJ Styles do it as well. Sami Zayn throwing him into that mix, I have no issue there at all because he is over enough for that fan base. And I think with the Jackass stuff, he made that work so much better than it had any right to. And I always think sometimes they're, like, really incredibly appreciative of that. And so for him, we all had the best time watching yeah. that. Like it was very good um, for what it, it was. You know, WWE slapstick mania. You know, whatever sport. I was sports entertained. JP. That's how I. Uh, that's how yeah. I'd put it. Um, but I watched a ten-minute YouTube video, which apparently I think I've missed some of the best bits out of that. It was like it came up on there, and I saw the the, the t-shirt bit from last night. That's as probably about as much SmackDown as I can ever yeah, tolerate. Yeah, I'm not any sell, single you know, like, I, I, like you know, watching otherwise, you know, the Braun stuff was like I say, it was over for that crowd. I thought it was pretty. No more choo-choo noises though. And I'm assuming that's gone. I think that's gone. But he is—he's a big star to that audience. Him and Otis, Matty loved yeah. that. I thought it was fucking terrible. Otis looked completely lost in Otis. that match for me. Awful. But the main event was actually a pretty good match. Um, as far as um. 
Pete Dunne is now wearing a singlet again. Um, but yeah, oh, the brawling brutes, brawling aren't brutes they? Against the Usos. No, it was it, it built into a, a good tag. It, it, it was a good match. You get you'll get you're getting that one or two like that every week on Raw or SmackDown. How people are like, like Triple H is the you know the second coming, and I'll say in AEW's defense, you get six of them a week. You know, it's like, <laughs> but I, maybe the positive of is they do get you know they do at least give those uh, those matches time to breathe. But that's because there's not mm. that fucking many of them. So that is the counterpoint. But that was good. Fucking, you should watch because you'll hate it. The the carrying cross and Drew McIntyre bit, like how people, how people like Drew McIntyre makes no fucking sense to me. Like he's such a fucking, he's got Diesel nineteen ninety six charisma. Like he's just yeah. awful. And carrying cross and Scarlet fucking up a fireball spot of all things, um, was rotten. That was rotten WWE TV. Like that was where I'll stick the boot in. Um, that was awful. But yeah, that was SmackDown. I'm still glad I don't watch it. And it doesn't Thank appear like, I mean, <laughs> when Kevin Dunn goes, there is that part of me is going to be fascinated to see what they do from a technical perspective. Because I'm still actually kind of surprised he's still about or whether or not they're just waiting for whatever moment they can to kick him out of the door. Because that's always part of the issue I'm going to have as well. And I even found watching even just a 10 minute, you know, bits on YouTube. is just like, it still does my fucking head in. Yeah, like the... Totally. Everything else and the cuts. Wasn't a good week for wrestling directors. No. No. Not wrestler not directors who wrestle. <laughs> but Kevin Dunn on whoever the other bloke in AWs who took over from Kevin Sullivan. They need they need work there. But yeah, there you go. That's SmackDown. Uh and other, yeah, yeah. the only the other only other notable thing was uh Liv Morgan did a daft table spot. I don't know if you saw it. Oh. Horrendous. Um, in a good way I quite enjoyed it great camera shot for it too um, <laughs> but yeah other than that that's all I've really watched this week like I said been uh, you know, rested up and stuff JP but not much uh, yes. else going on wrestling wise really um, I think this will, really this will probably be it for spot obviously we're, we're late for mm-hmm. last week and early for the coming yeah. week so I think this will be it until you know the next regular Monday which will be a week on uh, on Monday time people are, are listening to this Hopefully something breaks, JP. Some big news, something. Get, uh, get some I think news. so. Plenty going on. I hope a bit of that. People that like our voices. Yep, plenty on the Patreon. Last show that we uh, did was the uh, CM Punk uh, Best in the World DVD review and the uh, the sci- Phil psychoanalysis session that we that we go into quite a bit on there. Um, which is which is great to have a listen to, uh, up onto that. Um, we're going to be doing a patron show this week as well. We'll have the weekend show as well. So if you do want to hear more from us, um, yeah, getting back into the swing of us for for both of us, hopefully, thank God. Yeah. Um, We've got a million yeah. ideas as well, like we were saying on the on the uh, on the oh, Q and A. Yeah. We did like what, what, um, what Russo, um, what you call it, Blue Bubble Millionaires Clubs one's going to be coming up more. Yes. Punk versus Joe, all of that stuff. Um, definitely do Montreal month. We'll get that out of the way. Montreal month. Years they can have. Well, Bret Hart month. I think we've talked ourselves down to. Um, yeah. But we'll look at the Observer that week. We'll look at Wrestling with Shadows. Uh, we'll look at Bret in WCW. Um, hopefully the interesting stuff. <laughs> but yeah, Halloween Film Club coming up as well. Loads of uh, we'll do the Observer year. Group yeah. therapy. That's the there you go. There's another uh, potential podcast name, but yeah, good time to, uh, to sign up. Plenty of yeah, fun stuff coming, but yeah, patreon.com forward slash grapple. But yeah, other than that, unless something major breaks, uh, that'll be it for mm. us. And yeah, we'll be back week on Monday. Have a great time, be everyone. Soon. Patrons, we'll see you soon. Bye. Cheers up. <laughs>